0: Hello and welcome to the fiftieth in canon episode of American Nerds. American Nerd's fifty 5-0. canon. We 5-0. finally did it.
1: We did it. We were, were there. We made it. We made it yeah. to. We made it to. Uh, we made it to the checkpoint. A checkpoint. Yes. That's the, and now
0: we're and now we're done. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you, nah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
1: Uh, American Nerd's 50th episode. That's Raúl Cruz. Uh,
0: that's me. I am Raúl Cruz, and this is Victor
1: Manuel Calvo. Stage yes. name Hamilton you know uh, all that yeah. all that shit you know we'll, we'll get uh, to that don't worry yeah no we'll get yeah. to that
0: uh, this but, is a podcast <laughs> where we talk about all sorts of things in pop culture movies mostly that but mostly TV movies. and <laughs> comics yeah <laughs> <Mostly> <laughs> movies, games yeah. anime you know Will Smith Wayfair there's a lot of stuff going on right now <laughs> yeah okay
1: so, yeah okay so like I fucked up and like we were recording like two minutes in like okay we did a separate like this is our second take because the, the other recording I fucked up uh, yeah. and we were just talking about uh, the entanglement yeah <laughs> The whole, the whole situation, the interview with, <laughs> with I am entangled between the Smiths. Sorry, Will Smith. <laughs> all right, let me tell you. Okay, so like <laughs> we can both, all right, we can both agree, you and me, that that Fuck Will Smith's Jada? a good actor, yeah. right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, too, too. that too. But like, <laughs> but Will Smith, he's a great actor, great actor. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a person who's very in tune with his emotion, his emotions. That one picture, that off guard picture that came out of that, like you know, that meme. That came out of that it it shows you how in tune he is with his emotions. Yeah, that he could ju- they that, that like he could just have moments like you. There's so much you can read off that face, dude. It's the best performance he's had in years. It's it, honestly <laughs> sitting there and just listening to
0: everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh I feel so bad. All uh, right, but let's be I, fair. He I, probably I,
1: fucked Margot Robbie. He probably fucked Margot Robbie. Who knows? Honestly,
0: fine. But look, like. They probably have, because they said that they they have an open relationship and shit. Do and they, they? Did they actually say that? Yeah, they have. Apparently, there's been reports where they they've claimed that that their um him, him and Jada's uh, marriage is pretty open. Um, and it's just okay. That's fine. You want to do whatever you want. The fuck do you want to do? With your marriage is fine, but you can't sit there. You can't invite your husband to your stupid Facebook show and say <laughs> that you're that whatever you had. Which was obviously cheating with this other dude. I can't remember his name. August or something like that. Yeah, I don't something. Remember. He's he's some rapper. I don't Somebody know. who's like half her age. He's a he's like, Jin like, like he, He's a like Jaden Smith. Oh I don't fuck, know. dude, that's horrible. <laughs> nah, I'm like, kidding. And, and and call that Augustine. an entanglement. Like yeah, just say you cheated. Just say you fucked up. Or like that's so well, stupid. They were
1: separated. They, both they were technically they were. separated. Yeah, they, they but were like, separated. You know, so I guess, I, I guess it is fine. I guess but like you know I guess if they both have that understanding.
0: The it thing is that fine. bothers me in that video is that like she immediately sets out to correct him <laughs> when when he says like oh when you what you did with you did and I'm like oh yeah I, I, but I have an in- I had an entanglement. Man I'm just that, telling that's you that's all it was. It was just man, an entanglement. It, it,
1: uh, the memes out of uh, out of this entire situation have just been so fucking funny that like I really can't like oh my god it's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you remember that i think scene we're near from... i think we're near the point in like i think we're near the point in will smith's career where he's probably just gonna cut off from his family already because like all his whole family hates him do you <laughs> do you think uh do you remember that scene from uh
1: from uh fresh prince where where his dad comes his dad oh, comes yeah. in yeah i'm gonna be a much better <laughs> father somebody ended I done, pic- he love me somebody yeah. edited a picture Somebody added a picture of, like, the Will Smith, uh, of, like, his face. It's like, how come she don't want me, man? Oh, fuck, dude. That's and then, every, dude, everything he... <laughs> ev- have you seen everything that 50 Cent's posted?
0: Oh, no, I didn't <laughs> even know 50 Cent was a part of this. Did he fuck Jada, too? Dude, it's fantastic. Hold on. give <laughs> was like, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> uh Okay, let's, let's recap here. So, Jada cheated on Will, right? Will probably cheated, too, but we haven't gotten there yet. Willow says that she wished that she wished Tupac was alive so that like holy she, shit that's oh my god oh my what? god is so what? funny the 50 cents account no, Tupac oh yeah no that she wishes Tupac was alive so she would like leave oh. will for Tupac and what uh what what is that uh Jaden says oh yeah Jaden sees Tyler the creator as a father I mean, hey man. Compared to your okay, actual father. Okay, yeah, that's father. crazy. I mean, <laughs> that, hey man.
1: That's fucked up, dude. To say in public, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> hey man, being all right when your dad is literally like one of the most famous people to ever to to ever live, you know, and 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 like literally by literally by blood, <laughs> yeah. You kind of come in, even though Will Smith has a son that like has another son, besides the the two.
0: Yeah, but we don't talk about him, I guess. I don't know. He, I, I don't he, know what's up with that.
1: He was like part of like the YouTube videos or some shit that he would make. I don't know. Oh,
0: really? Oh, okay. That's that's cool. I, I that's good to that have. Yeah, he's not like a bat. Like I don't think he's like a bastard or anything. I guess. Just no, like, I, I I don't think so. But I'm happy to know I, that like the kid's not ignored. I think that kid's like just.
1: Uh, I, I think he's like a, I don't know, filmmaker, photographer, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, yeah, the whole hey, this entire situation with Will Smith and the, the Smiths. Uh, we'll revisit that journey. uh all right. All right b- before we like get into well, well, yeah, we have a, we have a lot of news. There's to cover, a by the there's way, there is a there is a lot of stuff, but we kind of have to like. This has been like a horrible trend. A- a- every week oh, there's yeah. just been something really like just you know uh a really like tragic passing and and like this, this week really like kind of kind of hits in very tragic in very, very tragic ways. Um, there was a lot
0: of really sad ones. Yeah, one specifically that happened. Well, I don't even know if it was today, but her body was discovered today. Well, I, but, I, um, I guess we'll yeah. just
1: that one now. Uh, Naya Rivera, yeah. um, one of one of uh, one of the one beloved of the stars from Glee. Yeah, one of the one of the the beloved stars from from Glee uh, went on a boating trip last week or like a few you know a few days ago with her son, and uh, she went missing and for a few days too. for a few like this yeah was going on for a while her, her her son was found alone in the boat um and she went missing alive and, or? yeah alive okay, he, he, he was he, he took a nap and everything on the boat and they found him and um you know her her body you know they, they were looking for her they eventually found her body and she was pronounced dead today um it's really terrible um it, it's it's just so horribly tragic um just the entire scenario and you know uh i i you know i i, I mourn with you guys it's just a, a really horrible situation you know with it, just just uh, just the entire context of the situation just everything involved and like not only that like just she had such a big impact you know in the lgbtq community you know through glee her her character was one of the biggest uh, uh one of the, i i don't know if it's like the first but like one of the one of the most the, the most popular uh representations of a lesbian character in, in in a in a TV show and I didn't know that cuz yeah. like, I, I never saw Glee I never saw Glee either I never saw Glee yeah. either but um but this but, story like it just hit hard No you know, yeah definitely all because the
0: updates it's just it's tragic to hear what happened
1: Glee's one of those things that like it really like the, the cast is cursed man there's just been tragedy oh, yeah. after tragedy. Oh, that's right. Fuck. It's just really, it's just really, it's it's really bad. Uh, I completely forgot about that. It's, it, it, it's terrible. Like, like, so young, 33, you know. Yeah. It's horrible, but.
0: Another one um wanted to address also who died, I who died today, I think, or uh, early yesterday, or late yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Preston. Died fifty-seven uh, from a two-year battle of breast cancer. For those who don't know, um, she was uh, married to John Travolta, and she was one of the stars in Jerry Maguire, amongst a bunch of other projects as well. That was a crazy one. I I, I, I could I didn't even know that she had uh, knew that she had breast cancer up until you know today when I found out. No, that's horrible. Yeah, and it's really bad. And yeah, yeah, she she was really good in Jerry Maguire. You know, she, I've never I, seen Jerry Maguire and a bunch of other ones. It's a fun movie. I like it. Yeah, one of no, the, it's one of the funnier yeah, um, uh, performances <clears> from. Uh, <throat> oh my god, what's his name? I'm blanking on on from Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean, he won the Oscar for it. Yeah. You know. And that was a fun one. But yeah, Kenny Preston. Really, she was really good in that film.
1: <coughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's you know again uh, just another tragedy. Um, you know, uh, i mourn for. I'm for. Uh, her family, you know, uh, and everyone, asso- everyone associated with her, she, you know, she had her her impact in Hollywood. She had her her, her mark, and she will be missed.
0: Other movies she was in, um, from dusk till dawn. Twins. I mean, Sky Ken- High. Ken the Hat. Yeah,
1: yeah she was in I- Sky
0: High. She was also. Oh wait, yeah, she was the mom. Oh fuck, that's right.
1: She was also in Jack Frost. Remember that?
0: <laughs> never seen it, but I would always see the cover you- on. You've VHS never seen Jack uh, Jack Frost, dude. Oh I, I I was always scared of it as a child. Yeah, yeah you should be. That's like, a look film. at yeah, look at that thing. <laughs> like, look at the snowman. It's really creepy.
1: But yeah, no, it's it, Kelly Preston, a uh, tragedy. Yeah, um, and uh, also, um, another uh, one that really really hit, uh, Ennio Morricone. Uh, it's in my opinion, in, in my opinion, the greatest composer of all time. Uh, passed away uh, July six, in Italy.
0: Responsible for film, uh, for scoring films such as the. The Three Dollars Trilogy, yeah. What's um, about time other in the West from Sergio, from, uh, Sergio Leone? It, it, the Untouchables,
1: uh, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in America, fillet mm-hmm. The Thing, The Untouchables, uh, Days of Heaven. Uh, the, it's his. It, it, it's, it, 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 it's kind of insane his reach and like his influence because you're you're never you're never ever going to see another Western. That doesn't have any Omar somewhere in in, oh, yeah. in in its influence, like n- not just like Sergio Leone. That's obvious, but like just it, w- what he was able to do for a genre, not just a, not just like even one genre. What he was able to do just for film in general. Such abstract, such abstract, like like sounds. The the thing score is just so haunting. Once upon a of time,
0: gold, everybody knows that sound. Dude,
1: Ecstasy of Gold is just so iconic. Every I everybody love, I love that. Whole everybody score. and like and, and my personal favorite, the Once Upon a Time in America score. It's probably my favorite score of all time. I I think it it's so beautiful and it captures such a it, it captures such a such a, such a feeling of nostalgia that like I I, I feel like I want to listen to it. You know. As I'm older, to just remember,
0: you know. There's one I want to uh, sh- uh, give a special shout out to, which I think it's, in my opinion, it's probably my favorite composition from Morricone, which is Rabia e Tarin- uh, Tarantella," oh sorry from great. another film he made, but it was he he scored for. I, I don't remember the name, but it's the ending song for um, "Inglorious Bastards." Bastards yeah. and honestly, one of the most uh, one of the most exciting. Um, like ending, one of the most exciting compositions I ever heard. You
1: can dance to it.
0: Yeah. No, you can literally dance to it <laughs> in the second <laughs> half. It's literally, it's literally just a party song. <laughs> yeah, no, <sighs> it's so good. Yeah,
1: and anywhere Morricone will be missed. His influence, right? His, his influence reigns supreme. You know? oh, it will yeah. never stop.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you, you won't see another West like you said before. You won't, you won't see another Western movie without ecstasy of gold playing or something that just sounds very similar. Well. Yeah. But yeah, our 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 thoughts go out to the families impacted um from the deaths of these two people. They will be missed. It's yeah. it, it it's really sad to see um three people the stuff three happen, people. You know? Yeah. Um
1: yeah. So uh let's move on from that. Let's uh yeah. Uh, uh, again, a really hard to segue from for stuff like that, but I guess we we're no, just going <laughs> <we're,
0: laughs> it it it's rough, man, when we just have to when when like somebody Really important to us dies every week, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. No, knock on wood, you know. I mean, knock on wood, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you know what I mean. It's just yeah, been yeah, yeah. not not a not a good streak. Obviously, obviously not. Yeah. Well,
1: going in, well, going into something, I guess, in a lighter a uh, lighter tone. Tron three,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tron three, good job, you did it, buddy.
1: Tron three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Um, this isn't official, official, but. This is from coming from the Diz Insider, a Disney scoop website, which has like exclusive. Uh, apparently, they have really concrete information from a source saying that um, there there is a Tron sequel. There's a sequel to Tron Legacy in the works uh, with Jared Leto in Talks to Star and a director search underway. But they're looking f- to bring in the cast from Tron Legacy back. And they're Joseph also Kaczynski. waiting to talk to Joseph Kaczynski to return his direct. Uh, they don't know if it's going to be the same story as uh, what Kazinti proposed for the third film, for uh, his version of the third Tron film, Ascension, which was basically the the machine world of the grid invades the real world. Um, there, uh, Daft Punk is also in talks to return to score the film. And hey, everybody cares about Daft Punk. Yeah. Oh, d- damn right. Uh, look. That like that legacy score isn't my favorite Daft Punk stuff, but there's some really good tracks in that. Oh my god, score. I know,
1: I, lo- I dude, I love the legacy score. It's fantastic. Uh,
0: D- no, I'm just saying, as a Daft Punk fan, like it's oh there, yeah, 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 yeah it, definitely. But it's not like it's not like Ram or All right. you know homework. I mean,
1: I mean, yeah, like like, like you mentioned trying um, Jared Leto was also in talks for that too. So it seems like uh he has been a favorite in, in in the studio for this. Um, and, and apparently like uh, the the script is is quoted to be phenomenal. Uh, You know, give or take, you know, uh, apparently.
0: uh, Oh, this was this is something I don't know. We talked about before on the show, but uh, John Ridley, one of the writers from 12 Years a Slave. He was developing a Tron series for Disney Plus, but that got scrapped for uh, for unknown reasons.
1: See, a Tron series would be fucking great. I would love to see something like that. It
0: it is a good idea. And there already was one. Honestly, Elijah (laughs) Wood. And that was pretty cool, too. (laughs) I, I, honestly,
1: the, the, the seems like, <laughs> that seems like that seems like like one of the most like logical like next steps for like another big budget show after The Mandalorian, or something. Yeah. I, like that's not Star Wars, like a Tron show. That would that would, that would that if done right, that that could work like beautifully. You know.
0: You know the thing is with Tron, uh, like you ever seen uh, the red letter media video on of course, this where they talk of about course. Tron, Tron one and Tron I Legacy? I
1: love that video. I love it's the a really
0: video. good one. It's great, but man. It. Like they 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 bring it they ham in the point and it's very true that Tron is probably the most unluckiest uh, franchise in the history of like cinema because they really did try to make a franchise off that first movie but nobody cared about it. And it's it just, just the just thing is like that's a cult classic and then it happened again with Legacy.
1: It's just the thing is like they, like Disney like like the point the point to be made kind of like Disney tried to like revitalize a, a kind of nostalgia that wasn't really there for like the the popular like culture like tron was always kind of like like a really indie underground thing you know yeah wasn't really like 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 yeah like sure for the time you know people like you know pe- people thought it was like mind-blowing but like I, it, it wasn't really a thing where like oh my god you know tron is the thing you know it's the best like science so, like like tron honestly has lived on because of like tron guy <laughs> like, you know, in, like, South Park. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's shit, that's right. You yeah, remember that? Oh, man. Tron yeah, but, guy's but, the best. But, but, like, hey, look, like, I, I think all right, Tron Legacy, the story is, you know, it's give or take, whatever, but I think... I, uh, what, I really like Tron Legacy yeah, a lot, Yeah, I, I, I think, like, honestly, I, I saw, like, like one of those analysis videos on it, on Tron Legacy, uh, on YouTube. Uh, let me see if I can try to find it, but, like, he it, it kind of, like, stated, like, like he, he, he quoted saying that, like, oh, this guy basically made, like, a David Fincher film. But like for Disney, and like uh, honestly, yeah, no, like, th- th- they, they
0: bring that up in the our uh, in the red letter media video. That's mm-hmm. right, because like Legacy is such a cool looking visually. It's already a really cool looking movie, but it does look like somebody like David Fincher just. It's very technical. Blockbuster. No, it's yeah. very
1: technical, dude. Like 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 extremely smooth cinematography. Like especially with like like the 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 Tron bike scene. In in, yeah. in, in in Legacy, like, you understand, like, you understand where everyone is, you, like, like it's a very, like, it's a very well-made film, like, uh, it's, it, it, I think it's truly underrated, and I think it, it will be getting, uh, kind of like a co-following, uh, well, I think it already, think it already have, has. Yeah, it already yeah. has, but I, I think, I, I think in time, Legacy will be regarded as something, like, better, but, you know. That's why uh, I, I hope
0: Kaczynski actually, like, comes back for this, because he is yeah. a director that, like, Knows He's how a to good emulate director. His inspirations, well, He's, he okay. That, that,
1: that, but that was like one of my biggest issues, was like with like Oblivion, where I felt like it was. Here's so the in thing, your though. Face. I, ca- I kind of like Oblivion. I know you do. That's I don't like. I, I don't know. I, I like. I, I feel like Joseph Kosinski uh, with a with a solid script. I think he could do something great. I I, I think he he could do something like like really really good visually wise. He's well, got I, Top Gun. Uh, yeah. I, hey, Top Gun looks fun. I mean. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm more interested in Joseph. Kaczynski, I'm more interested in Joseph Kaczynski as a director than I am, like you know, into his films. If you, if you get what I mean, I do you, yeah. I see do
0: you, you, get you get what I mean? You know, yeah.
1: like I'm really interested because like he has a lot. Like I like the great... idea of Joseph Kaczynski,
0: not the actual <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm I'm kind of with you there too, because it's like. Yeah, tr- Legacy literally looks like when you look at those office scenes, or when you look at like some of the quiet scenes where um, Cillian Murphy in it. <laughs> what the? F- yeah, Cillian in- Murphy. Cillian Murphy was supposed to actually be the bad guy for um, Ascension. Yeah, which is yeah, why yeah, yeah, I think you know they want people to from Legacy to come back. And that hit. would be fun. thing that, is, that, that's it, a great in, idea. <laughs> Legacy left like the ending of Legacy was such an interesting like way to like continue the franchise because. Spoilers for what is it, a 10 year old movie at this point? It came out like in 2010, I think. But uh, 2011? spoilers for Tron Legacy if you haven't seen it okay, in right like now. two seconds. Um, Olivia, uh, Olivia Wilde's character 2010, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, she crosses over to the real world, which I guess like the rest of the grid is gonna you know, that's what they what he wanted to do for the third one. Doesn't world. really make any and that sense. That sounds like but it's a fine. really interesting idea,
1: <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's Tron. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's nothing fine. really makes sense. Oh yeah, we we could just make physical matter, it's fine. You yeah, know? we could cast Jared Leto in a thing like Tron. I honestly I kind of see it. I mean like, here's yeah, this he weird like, thing. I mean he looks here's like a cyborg weird sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He already played a cyborg in Blade Runner, so like yeah. <laughs> what do you got, what do you want to do? Yeah. I mean I I mean shit, do you think
1: like do you think like Disney is trying to make like Tron it's like its Blade Runner? It's artsy, fartsy. I think they
0: wanted... To, they tried to do that twice, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, third time's the charm, but hey, you know, like... I mean, hey, man. I'm down it, for it. I, I guess if I had to pick, I, w- I would much rather
1: see something on Disney Plus. Game of Thrones, but in Tron, you know, or something cool like
0: that. I don't know. Game of Tron.
1: Game of... I don't, I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. No, would be uh,
0: cool. Uh, I wait. I hope Garrett Hedlund comes back because I forget that Garrett Hedlund was the lead of that film and then he went on to actually become a, a really good actor. <laughs>
1: yeah he's he, he's pretty good he's yeah. good wasn't he in uh, it was him in uh, Inside Llewyn Inside Davis Inside Llewyn right? Davis yeah. yeah as the most oppressive <laughs> oh the most my. oppressing singer
0: <laughs> in the world
1: dude opposite oh,
0: yeah. J- Oscar Isaac ah uh, I love that movie so much he's great yeah, same here he's great uh,
1: Halloween Kills
0: <laughs> yeah Halloween Kills is abis- uh, has officially been bumped to October 2021 <laughs> I
1: thought you were about to say <laughs> I thought you were about to say Halloween Kills is abysmal <laughs>
0: like <laughs> <laughs> like it or... might be who knows yeah. but um, the the sequel to 2018's Halloween will now release on October 15th 2021 obviously and with that <laughs> Halloween ends the third movie in this new trilogy was also pushed back a year as well to 20- 2022 yeah uh, October uh, 14th 2022 yeah
1: all right. Um. I well. Um. I, Halloween. I guess is an important. Is it? Is, is kind of an important uh, movie for us for the show because one of the first like, wasn't one of like the yeah. first movies we were, we were like reviewed. I think and, it was our first. Our sh-
0: yeah, it was our first big like um, movie segment. Yeah, where we really like dove deep,
1: dove yeah. really deep into in, in, into it because we were both really excited for it. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I
0: still in retrospect, I still like the film a lot. I know you have your <sighs> problems with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, it's okay to like a movie. It's okay not to like the movie. No, it's not. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> the beauty of America. But um, with this, uh, John Carpenter and uh, director David Gordon Green put out a statement saying it's just, you know, obviously due to the pandemic and the effects of COVID-19 and the Hollywood industry, they're just not going to put a movie where they think they're going to make a lot of money this uh, for this year. You know, they're, pro- they're going to push it back to next year where I mean, hopefully things are normal by, by then. I mean, it, I just
1: again like okay. So I just finished one. Okay, I just finished a class. I just finished a class for school, and I I did a speech on kind of like the effect of uh, like like just the the already current dying trend of like just movie theaters and how COVID has affected that. And I I you know going into it and just like doing research and also like looking into numbers and everything. It's it's insane. How literally, <laughs> I I worked on <laughs> the highest grossing film
0: of twenty twenty. <laughs> oh yeah, we could say this now. Yeah, you worked on um, Bad Boys for Life.
1: Yeah, I was a I was a PA on uh, Bad Boys for Life. I, di- I didn't I, I didn't want to say it, you know, uh, as we were working as I was working, but uh last year
0: you were um, entangled with Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, literally, literally, sure. um,
1: I, I'd sign a contract. I'd sign, you know, a bunch of shit. Um, Basically, did you,
0: get, did you find out if you got a credit I,
1: on it or I, not? I, I believe I did. Really nice. Pretty sure I did. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, I I find it just wild that like the entire industry just stopped, but like also like streaming services really are really just keeping the industry afloat. Like I I feel like now more than ever. the only way to distribute media. Yeah, I feel like more. I feel like th- now more than ever. Like there's just gonna be this uh, this crazy um, demands for just new voices, and you know people are gonna watch. People are gonna be watching more stuff now. You know through streaming or Well, people have been. That's been a trend. That's you know that, hey, that's we, been where we've talked about where this. media I, has been heading at we, this we, point. We've talked about this is, like, topic to death on the on the show. Yeah,
0: you know, like but. To reiterate what I've what I've been saying the last couple of times we've talked about this, I think once things go back to normal, or actually to add on to what I was thinking before, um, what the fuck is normal? When, once things, yeah, once things go back to normal, hopefully, and theaters are allowed to properly open with the right conditions and everything, and audiences can come back in. I don't think it will. I, I don't think it will ever be the same, it, it, but I don't doubt that audiences will want. Mm, excuse me. I don't doubt that, you know, I doubt that audiences won't come back to the theater, though, especially for event movies like this. Like Halloween Kills, regardless of what it like uh, of whatever quality it could be. It's a it is an event film. It's a it's a, another installment in a historic it's franchise. It's a legacy franchise. It's horror. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. horror that drives in a big crowd. It may not ever be. It, it, we're probably in a point where it may not ever be the same kinds of crowd, the same kind of money. That let's be completely you know, honest. How comfortable were making last year, but how comfortable I, it people will are people going to be?
1: How, how comfortable are people going to be, like being crowded areas like that
0: again? I don't know. It, it's it's the thing is it's just too early to tell. And as from two people who live in Florida. It's very fucking early to tell. Oh yeah, Florida. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's, I, I, yeah yeah we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not based, doing you know? so well
1: right now <laughs> yeah um I, we're fine I, I mean oh no
0: uh, we're like <laughs> us two are fine I'm saying like yeah, yeah. we as the state Florida Florida <laughs> yeah. yeah no it, yeah. it's
1: it, it's kind of a turmoil right now <laughs> um I I mean well there's no like like thank god like there's no like you know people aren't going fucking completely ballistic I've I, I've encountered one person who who got pissed off at wearing a mask it was at my job um But, you know, yeah, adding on to that point, like, I just, you know, I I, obviously I don't want, you know, theaters to, like, die out, you know, that's where, like, kind of the community comes in to support local theaters to, you know, to, 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 you know go to go to the, the to, to the movie theaters like I have that drive to just I, I want to sit down in a the theater again yeah, that's my church that's you know that's what I consider yeah. it but same, like
0: same with me and it's just like, but like it, regardless irresp- of how you see a movie it'd be whether it's in your house or uh, you know some other place there's no other feeling you get than watching a movie in a theater that's just a unique experience it, It's like, can't get I, anywhere
1: else no yeah I, I have that opinion so strongly but I also but I'm also of the, just of the mindset that like you know um, rules don't dictate art you know like art is still art no matter where you like i'm still gonna yeah, like, i'm sure. still i'm still gonna be affected by I'm, I'm still gonna be affected by a fucking movie that came out in, in in the 50s you know in the comfort of my own home you know it probably would be a different experience in the theater but like you
0: know but I, the setting of it all is cinema is something still, that is like cinema is, still that's another beast of its own yeah
1: cinema know? still alive that's not the problem I like guess just the, the way we consume no, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying yeah, like yeah. the
0: experience of a theater is something that you just like no, yeah. You can't really obtain anywhere else. The
1: consumption you know? the consumption of film and like where we're at going forward is it, it it's it, it's really blurry, you know, how 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 things are going to be, you know. Drive-in theaters are coming in. That's a the, the but yeah, that's something we haven't really d- d- discussed much. Drive-in theaters are are that's kind true. of coming back in a big way. And shit, like that's that's if that's like a necessary evolution of like you know of a movie theater, I'm down for something like that. It's yeah. still a good way to get to, to get people you know get people together. You know everyone's far apart. i still They're never in their been cars. to a drive-in. At this yeah, point, me neither. It's
0: always been something I've been wanting to do. Oh hell yeah,
1: hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh,
0: did we even talk about this before? Like um, Sam, I, the original Evil Dead is going on a road show, and yes. they've been doing drive-in spots no, yeah. all over the country.
1: We wanted to go. I, we wanted to go, but we didn't end up going.
0: Yeah, fuck. It was the one in Sawgrass, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I wanted to. I heard about it like a day after the fact, and it's like, oh damn, that would have been sweet. And they were Bas- showing Bad Boys. So ironically, they were showing Bad Boys for Life that day, but it's like, oh damn. Basically, I okay. Guess- <laughs> I,
1: I guess before like, we like we we like move on from this Halloween codes. Yeah, you know uh, the trailer. Oh, we didn't there talk was about a the trailer. trailer too. Yeah, <laughs> there was yeah. a trailer. I mean, it just it's literally
0: so, just like a minute of oh, how does Michael Myers survive? Oh yeah, this is the most logical answer: a fucking let him truck. burn. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Um. So, yeah, I guess kind of moving on from, like, the topic in, in hand, you know, Uh, as two people who just, you know, obviously, like, appreciate cinema as more than just, like, entertainment, you know, Uh, uh, watching movies responsibly, I guess. Don't feel yeah. for, like, like, if you don't feel, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go out and see Tenet, don't do it, you know? You know, like like yeah, there, there there are other ways, and we just have to be you patient. Have, you have you the know?
0: choice. You have the choice to watch. Yeah, or not watch we have. Cho- we're,
1: we're, we're, we're in a time where we have choices to watch our movies. And, uh, thank and, God. Yeah, thank God. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm very grateful. You know that that we're able to watch all this shit. You know, we, we were yeah. to, we were able to watch fucking Hamilton, on Disney Plus. You know, <laughs>
0: like honestly, look, and we'll get to Hamilton in a minute. Uh, but I don't bit, think in a while. I, I <laughs> think it's I I think it would have been stupid for them for Disney to. You know, try to make a bank off of this type of movie by just putting it in the theaters. I think it's just like that's this is an example. That's an example of a movie that's like perfect for just watching it at home. Because like, we'll, well, I'll get to it later. But yeah, yeah. Well, uh, next yeah, thing we'll on the on. docket. Yeah, Joe Schumacher. He passed um, what two weeks ago? I want to say last week. We're recording on July thirteenth, two thousand twenty. By the way, it's a late Monday night, but um. There's been like, Joe-
1: well, uh, this has been like kind of like a, like an old Hollywood rumor for a while about a about a a second cut, a darker cut of Joe Schumacher's Batman
0: Forever. Yes, ha- uh, being now dubbed as the Schumacher cut. Uh, this has been getting a lot more traction from a um, piece on Variety that came out recently last week. Mark Bernardin uh, tweeted that he heard like uh, from a very good authority that a uh, 170 minute cut of the 1995. Film Batman Forever from Joe Schumacher exist, but that Warner Brothers is uh, was quote unquote unsure if there's any hunger for what was described to me as a much darker, more serious version of the film. So um, I didn't want to get into this at, as much because I, I I only saw like the second half of it. Kind of um, w- like I I paid attention to the second half of it um yesterday, but I I rewatched Batman Forever because it was on the Sundance Channel. They were having a marathon. That's a show and, I want
1: to... That's a movie I want to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Forever is not bad. You know? It, like, I've said it before, but it's not a bad movie. And the, you can see where it could get weird and dark. You know? No, yeah. It, 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 with, with some of those scenes where uh, Bruce is talking to Nicole Kidman about his father's journal and it's having all those weird, like, creepy flashbacks. Val of, Kilmer like, Val is Val a Kilmer. fucking
1: great Bruce Wayne.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's not bad. He's not bad at he all. Also, he also he his voice is kind of weird to me, looking back. But there are some echoes he has like he sounds a little bit more Kevin Conroy than most Batman that I've seen on screen, which is in very which took me by surprise when I rewatched it. Um, but yeah, this cut is said to have included much more uh, more scenes about um, Bruce Wayne's trauma and uh, uh, reflection on his parents' death, and. Uh, they don't know if the film, the actual film uh, reels for this cut, are actually are in a good, stable condition to actually be repurposed and um distributed to a, a larger audience as this new cut of the film.
1: Yeah, I, I now <clears throat> like okay, all right. <laughs> I I have like very mixed feelings on like the idea of like constant director's cuts now because that seems to be like a trend that's coming out especially now with like you know the superhero cut. superhero films, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, like j- just like you know, uh, now there's a petition for an air cut, you know. <laughs> now we now you know yeah get get like like uh, all these different cuts of like the film, um now. Uh, for something like Batman Forever, seeing, a, like, that different cut of what Schumacher, like, kind of wanted, maybe, um, I, w- I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like this because, you know, Batman Forever is already something that's been established. It's already made a, a hell of a fucking mark in pop culture, you know? And it's not like,
0: affecting anything if a new cut would No, out,
1: not at all, not know? at all. If anything, like, like, if anything, like, a new cut would just be, like, an interesting conversation, you know, about, like, you know joe schumacher's original original intentions with the with the with this movie and everything so like yeah I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that um obviously you know i need to see this you know immediately but you know this is something I think it'd be cool, I, i'm though. open to yeah yeah it'd be cool it'd yeah. be cool as fuck. I, again i want to see
0: more jim carrey and uh, at the height of his powers listen man as riddler listen i want to see <laughs> more of tommy lee jones trying to phone it in <laughs> it hasn't been it
1: hasn't been this good of a time to be a Batman fan since like 2014 alright there's just so yeah. much Batman content the thing is like right now. okay
0: apparently for, uh, and this is going back from the Variety article there there are no discussions to bring out this cut from the brass at Warner Brothers which is what we heard before with the fucking Snyder Cut but regardless um, like they, there, there isn't there really isn't a reason not to put this out but for fuck's sake they're already replacing the Val Kilmer version of Batman with Michael Keaton again like for the flash movie so like there's no harm to put this out if there's a cut that exists and there's film that you know you could actually use for this um i think it'd be interesting you know hopefully that'd be another that that would be a final thing in the career of joe schumacher where you know fans could look back at and you know say hey aside from batman and robin wasn't that bad of a guy i'd pay for this on 4k (laughs) Pretty, pretty interesting yeah no same same I have I, I have the I have the Burton verse collection of the of the films on. Blu-ray, will we talk
1: about Will we talk about the original those, those Batman films? Who knows? We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Let's see how far this show can go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next thing on the docket: other Batman news, but probably the most surprising thing from the last couple of days. So
1: cool! Holy shit!
0: Yeah, there's a TV spinoff, uh, based on uh, set before the event of the Batman from Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter to come out at HBO Max. This is being described as a Gotham uh, Central type of show where it focuses on the GCPD, the Gotham Central Police Department. And there, there are there, there, are no... Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember the actual terminology for this. But uh, we don't know if Terrence... Uh, not Terrence. Um, Jeffrey Wright is in talks to return as Commissioner Gordon for this project but apparently that's something that's being thrown around out there.
1: This is and this is uh, uh, officially uh, being set in the Matt Reeves universe 100%. Yeah, a prequel so, to
0: the to the events of whatever's going to happen in that new film that comes out next year. So obviously uh, so yeah. obviously
1: like, you know, get, getting the obvious thought out the way, you know, this is very similar to what Gotham kind of I kind of was originally I guess intended to be for the a minute for yeah like the first season of Gotham is definitely not not what what Gotham originally set out you know to be uh, well, i mean well, sorry 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 the first season is definitely different from everything else you know that, that came after it cuz Gotham kind of just turned into like a, just a, a batman orig- origin show you know uh, where it seems like this, they're really focusing on just the actual like corruption of the GCPD, and like you know, and this could set a pretty good. This could set like a pretty good uh, uh, precedent to to where to where we're gonna be in Robert Pattinson's uh film.
0: And well, I mean, this- we already seen from what it looks like visually from the set photos and the official stuff that's come out of this film. It looks like it's already a much grounder, darker take on very gothic very gothic oh which yeah. speaking well i guess we'll mention this uh well i
1: guess we'll we'll mention this now since we're talking about batman uh rumors are circling that it's supposed to come back in september
0: and uh they're apparently going to start oh filming, yeah they're going to start sh- uh, shooting in september yeah and they're
1: apparently going to start shooting uh in- indoor studios which yeah so no
0: photos are going to come out of this
1: which uh, that makes me sad because you know obviously you know I'm, I'm a sucker for all that for, for all that real world shit but Hey. I'm
0: fine with it because we're gonna get more stuff from this movie next month with DC fans. Oh yeah, I'm so excited! Yeah. I'm so excited. But which, by the way, um, si- quick tangent to that. Actually, I looked up at uh, there- there's a thing that they set up on their website for the for the convention where you could ask questions for um, for certain like projects and panels that are there. And one of the things that did that did show up there is the Flash movie. So I'm pretty sure you know, regardless of the Keaton news or not, we're gonna get some flash. I think we're gonna get some flash news. I would not be surprised. I would not
1: be surprised if Keaton if Keaton has a little FaceTime call. You know,
0: probably yeah. I, I, I like figured that. that might be that might be the case. Yeah. I,
1: and 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 be you know before we move on, also mentioning this is Terrence Winter. This is a yeah. very this is this, the guy the, who made Boardwalk Empire. The guy who made Bo- Boardwalk Vinyl. Empire. I, yeah. He wrote he wrote the Wolf of Wall Street. He wrote for the Sopranos. He, he wrote like, the
0: Irishman as well.
1: He wrote the Irishman. He when I tell you this guy is like loaded, and this guy is perfect for anything HBO. He he's him, really good. Him doing something involving Batman, like or like you know just just Batman mythos, the goth, like uh, building some kind of a universe for Robert Pattinson's Batman to to play eventually play in. Oh,
0: fuck. <laughs> No, yeah, I oh. I think he's a perfect choice. No, for something it, like that. It, it's. G- I don't think it. I don't think this could be like straight up Gotham Central. But from what I've read of Gotham Central, it's a very dark, gritty take of the GCPD, and they're just like it's literally just like what if Law and Order existed in epi- in, in the Batman world? Hey, I, and I I mean, feel like I wouldn't I be hope surprised. This is what will happen? No, with I mean, this guy.
1: Shit, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, John T- uh, Titero, uh gets involved. You know, oh, that's right. He with is Carmine Falcone. Falcone yeah, we're evolving Falcone. I, I completely see him having a role in here somewhere. And if they bring in Jeffrey, and if hey Jeffrey writes in, in in the table, you know, it, well if he's in the conversation to possibly make some kind of cameo or have a role, I do. I, I I have no. I have no clue why they wouldn't want to include Carmine Falcone. Yeah,
0: this is a good get for HBO Max. Oh my
1: god, this is. Or like, oh
0: shit. Yeah. I what's just up? Realized. What's up? What's up? Uh, this is this is. Not tangent to Batman, but there's another DC tidbit. Uh, Star Girl will not be having, will not be premiering its second season on DC Universe. Come yeah, when whenever the second season shows up, it'll be peace. a CW exclusive show first. Recipes DC Universe. Else. Yeah, that's that. That really did hit the nail in the coffin on that one. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> you finally. I'm
1: glad you finally accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: th- look, the thing is, I- I'm I'm not accepting of the fact that like DC Universe is going to be completely dead. I don't think that's I don't think that makes any sense at all. If you're, <laughs> you know, y- 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 if you're partly, you know, the only thing aside from comiXology where you could get all the DC comics out there, you know, for you to read with a subscription. Like I, I, I here's the worst. Here's the best case scenario. I could see that thing going because all right, HBO Max already ordered this series to come in. Gotham... I'm just gonna call it Gotham Central because it sounds like it. And I hope it's called Gotham Central to be honest. But um, they already got Gotham Central greenlit. I'm sure at some point all the CW shows or most of them are probably gonna revert their streaming rights are probably gonna revert away from Netflix and uh, are gonna get away from Netflix and revert back to to Time Warner. And they'll probably use it for HBO Max at that point because they already have Batwoman on there. They already have another I think they have another CW show on there and I wouldn't be surprised if Stargirl showed up on there too I'm, I'm, and I'm just I, I, I I'm could sp- see DC Universe <laughs> acting as a thing where like they won't have any like exclusive exclusives but they'll be still they'll still be showing some of these new episodes or have some other content in there it, it's you just know, like, like, like I, I really like it, if I had to drop off
1: streaming services I the only one I'd I, I'd choose to leave would be HBO Max. Because like really, it's just like like uh, like the the amount of content they're pushing for this like, service is, is is insane, you know. And I'm really I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad. Not <laughs> just
0: content and specifically good content, but known IP. As oh yeah, hundred well, percent. Which we'll definitely get into when we talk about Quibi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quibi. <laughs> um, uh, ne- next thing on the docket. This is a quick one, but um, and and I it completely blew past me. I completely forgot about the, this when we um. Uh, to mention this this last is night, rumored this is rumored um, yeah um, Javisha Leslie will take over the title role of Batwoman on the CW show replacing Ruby Rose as a character named Ryan Wilder becoming the first black actress to play Batwoman in a live action TV or film production
1: so yeah, yeah. pretty cool yeah alright well there you go for the Batwoman yeah. fans that's there <laughs> um, I don't also, care
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's also a part of the LGBTQ community as a um, bisexual woman so I mean, yeah if it fits I mean, with the themes fit, of the show it's yeah it the bill of the show Fits the bill of batwoman yeah like i i'm still the i'm still of the mindset of like this would have been cool if like you would had somebody that um like a known character um play her but yeah it's fine i figured they would do this eventually at some point yeah and
2: yeah um, i'm
0: sure the costume will probably stay the same if it's not i hope for it a cooler looking costume, I guess. A better looking costume. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Ruby Rose's costume is not bad. It's comic accurate. Um, but yeah, I well, you already know my opinion, so I'll
1: just move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Bad Batch also. Uh, um, Star Wars: The Bad
0: Batch, a new animated series. Can't um, say uh, what.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Good. Continue.
0: continue. Yeah. Uh, this is the new. Th- this is a new animated series that got announced today. That's coming to Disney Plus in uh, 2021. Uh, this is a follow-up slash spinoff of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Where um, in the final season they introduce the Bad Batch. Which is like, the, 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 it's a group of these genetically engineered crazy clone troopers. That are kind of just like hired guns. And they just like look for work. And figure out, and apparently in the show, figure out their meaning. And their place in the world post Order 66 and post Clone Wars. Dave Filoni will return to ex- executive produce the new series along some familiar names and faces from both um, Clone Wars and The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, oh, pro- uh, this is executive produced by uh, Filoni, Athena Portillo, who also worked on Rebels, Brad Rao, who worked on Rebels and Resistance, Jennifer Corbett, who worked on Resistance, and NCIS, I guess. And NCIS, Beck, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean, worked on The Mandalorian, yeah. Rebels... And Josh Rimes, who also worked on Resistance, so it's possible that this might be a Resistance-style show, at least this, in terms of. This tone? is a cool, like I mean, this is a cool thing
1: for this is a cool thing for you know, obviously for Clone fans. I can't really say I'm that excited for it, but I know this is something that 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 people have been wanting for a very long time. Well, there is, even though there is uh, definitely a a loud majority, well, a loud, a, a, vo- a loud minority. Sorry. That are, are very pissed that this is happening instead of oh you know give me old republic give me this give me that you know,
0: I don't know I feel like that's a big majority of people yeah <laughs> well eh. but cultor's not bad dude, <laughs> I mean hey this, is, this yeah this is I'm a fine idea. with this this sounds yeah, yeah. cool yeah you yeah, know yeah. I like the fact that it's it's a post order sixty six world I because uh, I didn't tell you this actually. Um, when I was talking about the Darth Vader comics that I read recently, the second volume of comics that were set in the prequel, the post-Episode 3 era. But um, they explained what Death Troopers are. And Death Troopers Mm -hmm. are basically... Oh, we took the remaining remaining, um, clone troopers that we had that survived Order 66 and we just engineered them as Death Troopers because they have a good shot and they're made to follow orders. And I'm thinking like with something like Bad Batch, I feel like this series has the potential and hopefully, you know, leaning more to a Clone Wars type of tone than Resistance or Rebels to be this dark exploration of how like of how this family operates in in this world, but how do they act if they're confronted with the like with the fact that you know, part of this new empire, this new force of evil Is some of the brothers that they fought with. Like I'm thinking to myself. We know in this current canon. We don't know what the hell happened to Cody. Like we know that he tried to shoot down Obi-Wan in episode 3. And that's it. Aside from that there's nothing else that we know about Cody. And I thought about this. And I'm like this would be really interesting. If we kind of have like a clone civil war in this show. With Cody being like a death trooper squad leader. And them coming to terms with that. And having to fight them. Do you think I don't know, I feel like that'd be interesting. Do you think like this is going to be something we're going to see more like
1: these kinds of like just a uh, mini series for, for from the animated from
0: the animated side of uh, everything? Well, we don't know if this is going to be a mini series per se, but um I I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. I arguably I think there's a lot of material already that's covered the the, the area between episodes 3 and 4 and, like enough at this point, but I think this would be interesting. There, there hasn't been a property that uh, at, at this moment, between that era, that has really dealt with the clones as much, and I think that would be. I think this series would be a good way to you know deal with that and hopefully bring in uh, Death Troopers to be a more serious threat. Yeah. at least in their in their perspectives. I mean, they can, I mean, Disney keeps pushing Death Troopers on. Yeah, I mean. The the concept of Death Troopers now sick as fuck sounds super fascinating to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I literally had no idea that they were that they were just like reprogrammed clones. It's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's cool as fuck.
1: And they talk in their own special code and everything.
0: Yeah, that's 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 something I do forget about from time to time because they have that weird sounding garbled sound from. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's like (laughs) yes, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Going back into HBO. Oscar
1: Isaac and Michelle Williams are going to be starring in a remake of *Scenes from a Marriage*, which uh,
0: fuck, I forgot this was a thing. Yeah, I remember I w- we—I was joking about this how we get from you know the televised version of *Scenes from a Marriage* back in I don't even, I don't even know what year that came out to the Snyder cut being a, a six a possibly being a six part miniseries, and yeah, now we just get a remake of *Scenes from a Marriage*. I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I, I mean fucking I'm a, honestly I'm a sucker for Oscar, Oscar Isaac.
0: Yeah. Same here.
1: And especially like the, he he works very well with Michelle Williams.
0: What do they work on together? They're drive, they were in Drive, remember? Oh, that's ro- no, wait. You're talking about That's not Michelle Williams.
1: Yes, or am I mistaken?
0: That's Kerry Mulligan, I
1: think. I am so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wait, is it Kerry Mulligan? Yeah, I I it,
0: it, mm. Oh shit! Hang on, I'm looking this I'm up. I'm brain this. farting Thanks.
1: right now. I'm ra- I'm brain farting right now. Make sure I'm not stupid. Yeah, I'm stupid. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, yeah, no, it's Carrie well. Never Mulligan. mind. Never mind. Never that? mind. All right, completely different opinions. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, dude. All these blonde actors look the same. Am I wrong? God. <laughs> God. Am I wrong? <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, no, I mean Carrie Mulligan and Michelle Williams kind of have a similar face. They have like kind of the same like nose structure in a way. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, it's gonna be a cool. That's a cool pairing. Michelle I mean, Williams is a great actress. I mean, I mean, too. yeah, I,
1: I mean, yeah, like, uh, like, like, like uh, well, just go. Well, I, all right, different opinions now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm more excited. I'm more excited. Well, I, I wouldn't say like I, I'm more excited by the fact that you know Oscar, like Oscar Isaac is in this. Um, obviously because you know I have my Oscar Isaac Cuban Miami boy bias. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah but like michelle williams like like in general she's like she's like her her, just her 20 minutes in fucking manchester by the sea like yeah i wanted to bring that up yeah which is like are so heartbreaking so good and and um and she's so fantastic dude in, in blue valentine
0: Blue Valentine, uh I, I I just found that out that she was in that. Brokeback Mountain, Mike Week with Marilyn. Yeah. Uh Fosse Verdon, which I think In Venom. Uh Venom. Yeah, she won an she won an Emmy and Golden Globe for it. She yeah, and Venom. She won an right. Oscar for Venom. <laughs> Damn right she did. Uh Dawson's Creek. She started off in Dawson's Creek. I completely forget about that. And one of the Halloween movies, I think. I think the one with um with uh, oh my god, what's his name? Uh Jesus I Collaborated with Tribe Called Quest. Um, really, really fast tempo whenever he raps. Uh he was in that MM song that sampled uh House of Pain. I remember all <laughs> of this other stuff, but I don't remember the guy's name. Oh my god, what the fuck? Uh oh my god. He beats the shit out of Michael Myers with Kung Fu moves in Resurrection. Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Busta Rhymes, That's it. <laughs> oh, no, uh, she was in the other movie. She was in um, the one before that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a stupid tangent. But yeah, they're pretty good. They're a pretty good t- uh, pair. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. This is going to be written and directed by Hagai Levi, who um, I, he, I think he created The uh, the Affair on Showtime, which I heard the is one, not the bad. The Affair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I, 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 a lot of people are into that show. Is it,
0: is it done? I think is, so. Is it canceled? I think so. I think mm. it's done. But yeah, that's there for... Honestly, after seeing something like um, I I, I Know This Much Is True, I'm down for more chilling dramas on HBO. I mean, HBO's been doing that for a while, though. (laughs) I know, but like with that sort of pedigree, you know? I think they could handle a Bergman type of thing. Sure. (laughs) Like, some of their projects feel Bergman-esque at at some points. You know, I've been watching Perry Mason. That's a quick side tangent. Not bad. Not bad. Hmm. Very dark and gritty it's it's very much it's it's basically the la noir show that i've been wanting forever that's the um premise is the one with Reese. yeah 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 and uh john Lithgow also hey yeah
1: so in celebration so in a celebration of another cw property um (laughs) i would like to i would like to pour one out for uh Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Not
0: exactly a CW property. It was on. Well,
1: Netflix. CW type of property. I yeah, don't know. For, I fucking I, hate. I I just really despise. I, I just anything coming from from those kinds of CW shows. I, <laughs> I I I could not care less about this. I I
0: loved. Okay, as somebody who that might sound mean, but hey, I know. As somebody who very loudly loves um, Riverdale. Loudly, yeah, loudly, and I, yeah, <laughs> loudly. Um, and I liked. A bit of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, I'm more of a fan of the comics that came out, to be honest. But, you know, this, this kind of sucked. Hearing that it's going to end with this upcoming fourth season, which uh, will air sometime this year on Netflix. And then hearing that the fifth season, according to series creator above the comic and the show, Roberto uh, Aguirre-Sacasa, revealing that the fifth season would have actually been the crossover season with Riverdale. Uh, entitled Witch war and would have just had like I-, I guess the cast of Riverdale would just cross over with sabrina in that season it's interesting because that was something I was waiting for for a while when this show got announced I thought they would do a crossover thing you know pretty early hope you know in, in hopefully but they didn't do that because when I read the comics they already cross over pretty quickly I think like Sabrina lives like in a town that's just right by Riverdale so like, I, she would go to the same. She would go to the same high school as Betty and Veronica. And in the comic, Betty and Veronica end up becoming like satanic witches for fun. <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing it just because they like. That's to what have you fun usually. There.
1: That, that's what you usually do in college,
0: you know. Yeah. No. Uh, are they even in college at this point? I don't fuck. know. High school or whatever the fuck. I think sure. they're still in high school, even though they're all thirty. But yeah, that would have been interesting. According to Sakasa, what if, the, what, would it the, the crossover it? the crossover would be sh- uh, will be adapted into the comics. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, I we have a, that. Man. I, w- I wish I could have seen it. You know.
1: Now here's here's another death. Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: Oh Quibi, yeah, we're getting, we're getting the our Quibi favorite now.
1: app, our favorite our favorite application, Quibi, reportedly lost ninety percent of users following <laughs> after the free trial period. Um, so all right. If, uh, <laughs> all right, from personal so...
0: experience, I I dropped out of that. I dropped out of Quibi within a few hours of using it, and I uh, like many other people, I went into that three month um, free trial period, which I guess people who were in charge of Quibi figured that people would still <laughs> like go back to Quibi. But uh, this is coming from a Ver- uh, from a Verge article. Uh, the short-form video platform signed up about 910,000 uni- uh, users in its first few days back in April. And of those users, only 72,000 stuck around after the Freed month trial uh, period, indicating that the app had about an 8% conversion rate. And look, that's fine for an app. For, for, for an app of this kind of caliber. But when you compare it to the other thing that was launching... Or that was relatively new when this was coming out. Disney Plus, not pretty good. It's not good at all. I mean
1: <laughs> I mean, okay, so like just Quibi was kinda destined to fail from the start. Uh like it, it, it had no I I have a lot of personal experience I guess with Quibi. <laughs> yeah. I won't get into that, but um basically <laughs> uh just
0: like it, it Quibi kinda of tried episode, to go for it. Huh?
1: Hello <laughs> Well,
0: been- lol quibi that's the title <laughs>
1: of this that's the title of 50th sure uh, <laughs> fuck fucking sure why not yeah. lol quibi um <laughs> fucking i just like the the fact that they try to make like like a a streaming service in the vein of igtv kind of making like an instagram type of a uh, instagram video type of type of deal maybe competing with a like, netflix too having to pay for that and having to like they were really trying to build on the, uh, on the idea that you could just oh you know you could have uh, either have the, sh- the the phone vertical or horizontal like I said this was
0: as if that was gonna change the game at all as somebody you know? who really cares about like how you present any form of media visually the worst fucking thing you could ever say about your yeah, app because like
1: what's the, what's the what's the point of of that like you're, okay, you're cutting losing, two-thirds like, of the picture. <laughs> you're cutting two-thirds of the picture. So what's the point of cinematography oh you, what are you going to be okay when if you're p- paying attention to a show uh, like are you really going to be like doing other things while you know w- w- while you're what you're watching it like you know are are you implying that the, sh- that the shows that, that that are on quibi you don't have to take seriously so you could just you know oh put if it i want to see you know? if and i like, want
0: to like, see something that looks like a professional tiktok i'd rather go on tiktok update don't go on TikTok, actually. They have all of your private data. <laughs> yeah, <so> it <laughs> Google. Like yeah, I mean, look. But this time it's China. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think China has pictures of all of our asses, literally and figuratively. So, you know, we're it's, it's just the world we, world we live in. But yeah, that it, look, going back to Quibi, I think, and this is something I mentioned earlier already. I think the biggest one of the other biggest draws going against it, one of the other biggest things going against it when it was being announced, and it was the lead-up to this, was that it didn't have any exciting IP. The shows arguably could have been really interesting. Apparently, uh, A Most Dangerous Game, with, which is also actually a, a known IP, starring Liam Hemsworth and Christoph Waltz, that was one of their most successful shows on Quibi, and that's being... It got renewed for a second season, and apparently because obviously this doesn't make sense if you want to keep it into like little 5-minute chunks they're re-editing the first season into a feature-length film which you know what they sh- probably should have done the <laughs> first fucking place but hey that's not my, that's not my business um look hey, what hey, was the, what was the only <laughs> things that were going with it Reno 911 oh, <laughs> getting another season meditation sure. with LeBron James I think like I don't know, give us, you never know a jackass on Quibi. That would have been interesting, but they didn't do that. You know, like <laughs> like I I feel like they would have had they probably would have had something more. You just know, they probably the would have already. had more success if, he, if they had the known property, you know, known IP to put in there. But they didn't. You know, and that's a risky thing. I'll give them props for that. They were, you know, regardless of what of of the of the reception of those shows I give them props for, like, taking a risk and um, putting out more original content than they did, you know, with actual established content. But, you know, with that sort of app, with that sort of structure, I don't think... I thought, for me personally, I thought it was doomed from the start. And maybe it is. But I mean, apparently, yeah. <laughs> they're still doing more projects If um, come this next item on the docket. <laughs> yeah.
1: the Yeah, the Tomy.
0: Yeah, so... Um, Tomy. Yeah. The, yeah the od the adaptation I think we talked about this, this on the show actually the live action adaptation of Joji Idol's Tommy from yeah. director Alexander Aha from um, I think it's Aha or uh, Asia or Aja? I don't know uh, Alexander Aha I believe yeah I'll, I'll I'll put it on Google eventually Aja, I don't know yeah the guy who directed Crawl good movie uh Quibi Quibi, Quibi and has high been giving... very good movie oh that's true uh Quibi has gotten the rights to that adaptation and they're going to be doing a um it's going to be on quibi (laughs) i guess uh the story yeah it's it's based on the co hit manga tomi tells the story of what happens when a beautiful high school girl goes missing and pieces of her body are discovered and scattered around a small town but what starts out as a murder mystery turns into something more horrific so yeah joji ito
1: yeah yeah I mean, hey, if you want to stick around, if you want to
0: stick on the uh, on the Johnny ship for for that, go ahead. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's whatever. I I know Uzumaki's coming, so like I'm excited for that. <laughs> that's that, um, that's just fine. Yeah. um we, we, we didn't really talk we, we did we didn't put this
1: for like trailers uh because i guess we're, i guess like a lot of this information we already know but there there, there is a, a AC Valhalla or Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer and a Watch Dogs Legion's trailer that we that, that came out which kind of showed off a lot of the gameplay elements and the
0: reannouncement of Far Cry 6 after it got leaked a few days before with Giancarlo Esposito yeah, especially Gus Fring as the villain. All right, look. I basically, we'll like like
1: Gus Gus Castro. <laughs> like yeah, this is I mean like real quick with like Far Cry. I mean yeah. like the trailer was just like cinematics, just showed, a cinematic, like, uh, yeah. you know, nice looking dictator. Though. Yeah, yeah, it looks
0: cool. Uh, oppressive, uh, an oppressive dictatorship uh, by Giancarlo Esposito You play um, a guy. You play play a boy. I think you play a boy named Diego, who is the son of the of said dictator, and um, you saw the trailer for this, right? Yep. Yeah, it's just basically him holding onto a grenade while Gus Fring talks about like keeping order and having making metaphors to the same grenade uh, yeah. as they are walking down um as they're walking up a building. Yeah, sure.
1: I yeah, guess it takes place on it takes place on on the island nation of uh, Yara. So.
0: I guess yeah, and Ubisoft yeah. says they're not political, but sure, <laughs> they make shit like this. Uh this is coming out February 13th, 2021.
1: Yeah, the, the, this like world is, I, I guess the, the, this like this is basically supposed to be like Far like like Far Cry in Cuba. Yeah. yeah. I think this is the idea, it's in the Caribbean. So, that's cool. But uh, moving on from like uh Far from Far Cry, it looks pretty cool. Um February I have, uh, 18th, I might yeah. add. actually I'll, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll
0: correct myself on that. Far Cry 6. Uh yeah.
1: it looks pretty cool. Also, uh something looks cool. It has to a uh, Valhalla, A new gameplay trailer dropped. Uh, you get the box of bear. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I. Looking, we pointed this out. Um, oh, before. Wolf. sorry, a yeah. bear-sized wolf. This literally looks like Middle Earth, and like, and Dark Souls had a baby. Yeah, um, which give or take could be pretty good or not. I haven't played Assassin's Creed in, in a while. Obviously, I
0: haven't played one since twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah, now.
1: so it looks cool. Uh, you can switch your gender anytime now.
0: Yeah, that's like cool. The, the female, the female version of the assassin, of the main character, kind of looks like Siri. Kind of reminds me of Siri from Witcher, uh, yeah, from Witcher three at least. Her model and that um, looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, there's it, there's it a lot looks brutal. darker than I. It looks appropriately dark and gritty for a game a set in game. the Norse. <laughs> yeah, for a Viking game. Yeah, very God of War inspired. Very. No, I mean, I'm into. I'm into like the style. I like the uh, very brutal gameplay. I like that you could use two shields at the same time, just make <laughs> yourself a giant burial, a barrier yeah. like a barrier wall thing. I, that's cool.
1: A walking unit. Yeah, um, this is coming
0: out November seventeenth of this year. Yeah, and uh, next gen consoles coming soon, quote unquote.
1: And then there's a uh, Watchdog Legion as well, which basically showed a lot, a lot of uh, the gameplay, new mechanics. Um, uh, isn't, I, not much really to say because I'm, I'm not I guess as connected to Watch Dogs as I am to like I guess Assassin's Creed but either way I,
0: I barely play either <laughs> yeah uh, it's coming out October 29th and yeah. uh, Phil Spencer popped in during this Ubi Forward stream that they were doing for this for these games to say that uh the game will support smart delivery which is basically you know you'll you'll get a higher res better looking version of it once you of the same game that you bought you won't have to pay for it twice when you get your xbox uh series x right Mm -hmm. okay yeah i their their model names still confuse me when i'm thinking about it yeah yeah well those are
1: that's that for everyone for anyone who wants it (laughs) honestly Uh
0: thank god i didn't watch this live stream Cause I knew that these games were gonna get be presented in some way, but I was expecting yeah. like some per- surprises. We still haven't heard anything about Beyond Good and Evil two aside from like last year, I think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I I I, I, I didn't care enough.
1: It's <laughs> a lot of my opinion. That's a lot of yeah, my opinion fine. for a lot of things. I don't care enough <laughs> for
0: for for for, I, for some of these. I I really got burnt out in the notion of watching something. Uh, watching something I don't really care about on a live stream at this point because it's like. After that whole anime expo thing, I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm not, I can't do this to myself. If there's
1: anymore. like a, if there's like a next gen expo showing off games and stuff, then that's different, you know? Oh yeah, no, yeah, that. that's
0: what exists. That's what, that's, that's the, that's where I draw the line where it's stuff that I care about, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Adult Swim is having their own Comic Con thing for a couple of days. I'm going to watch some of those live panels there because. That's cool. Like they're promising actual Uzumaki stuff and actual Blade Runner stuff. So, and other surprises. So God willing, I want to see something new, you know? Yeah. Um, something that is was new at the time, but we'll never see it because Valve loves to cancel things, um, Half-Life 3, or a version of Half-Life 3 among... Five different versions. Yeah, among five other Half-Life's projects that were uh, developed and scrapped in between uh, the releases of Half-Life 2 and Half-Life Alex, which came out this year.
1: Um,
0: this is coming I mean, from Jeff Keighley's uh, The Making of Half-Life Alex." uh media project, it's not a book documentary thing. I don't
1: know. I think most people have accepted that we're not gonna get that like like uh, I think most people accept that we're not, probably not gonna get a Half-Life 3 or if we do get one it'll be more of just like a treat type of thing instead of
0: you know something we're all clamoring for I I'm so okay so here's the thing. Let let's 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 mention the stuff that got uh scrapped first and then I'll talk about Half Life 3 or the, the the possibility of a Half Life 3 um this iteration of half-life 3 was uh created in the source 2 engine and drawing some gameplay inspiration from left for dead uh they had enough stuff at the point where they were scanning uh the actor who, who they used their likeness for the g-man um uh, one of the central characters in the series mm-hmm. uh it was in development for about a year but in between 2013 and 2014 then another one they mentioned, Left 4 Dead 3, which is going to be which was supposed to be an open world game set in Morocco and potentially featuring hundreds of zombies at a time, which was deemed unworkable because of their unfinished Source 2 engine. That would have been interesting. I think like like a Muso game with zombies that yeah. would have been really cool. Uh and an RPG in the vein of Dark Souls and Elder Scrolls and Monster Hunter. Uh it was just codenamed simply RPG. That could work. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for a evolve, for evolve game, yeah. It uh, it envisioned as a... It, it was supposed to... It was envisaged as being released in small chunks, but quote-unquote never really left the conceptual stage. And that was abandoned... After that was abandoned, experiments went into turning it into a single-player RPG based on Dota character Axe, which was also shelved. Another one uh, project they had co- was called ARTI, or ARTI. A light-hearted vo- uh, voxel-based game that allowed for open-ended de- con- uh, destruction and creation in the vein of Minecraft.
1: That sounds that that sounds that. cool, but that's a, that sounds a lot like, like that sounds very tech demo-y.
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for those of you who are still listening, Valve basically made Minecraft. No, um, or tried to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another one: uh, Sim Trek, a VR game developed by members of the Kerbal Space Program team that was also shelved during Alex's development. A shooter that was uh, a VR shooter with a Half-Life theme that would have been part of the of the lab, Valve's VR showcase using only Half-Life 2 assets. Um, it was deemed not to be ready in time for the lab's release. Borealis, a Half-Life VR project, another one led by writer Mark Laidlaw, that would have been set in the time-traveling ship mentioned in Half-Life 2 you ever played any of the half of the half-life games bits and pieces they're fun okay they're very fun. yeah i'm just like because there because there's things there's terminology in this franchise that i just have no idea what it is it's Some a very deep it. lore yeah uh hot dog another new take on left this is project hot dog another new take on left for dead uh purposely codenamed so that people on the internet wouldn't know that it was a left for dead game obviously no details were revealed about that and Project Vader <laughs> Volves' <his> first <laughs> internal attempt at creating a VR headset. Vader was designed without compromise, but was scrapped when it became clear that it was too ambiguous. The team estimated that it would have cost around five thousand dollars per unit if it were released. Awesome. With Alex being conceived as a launch title. Uh, you want uh, Half Life Vader. 3? Yeah, have it. <laughs> <laughs> have it. But give me your college money. <laughs> uh sure. Yeah, I figured. W- I figured, in in the time that it took for them to make not only just another you know Half Life game, but another game from Valve, that they had a bunch of stuff that they were in de- that they were developing, but they scrapped for multiple reasons. And some of the stuff here sounds interesting. Like Left 4 Dead Three sounds super cool. That first iteration, at least, that sounds like a pretty cool concept. An RPG by Valve, I'm sure, would have made money. It would have made a lot of money. I mean, I'm.
1: I mean, I think the future of Half Life is in VR. I'm not
0: necessarily sure. So look, Alex. Alex is an interesting one. We've talked about this before. We have, yeah. It, it, but the thing is, like, I wouldn't count out the possibility of a Half Life Three being announced. That I'll just leave it at that. No, yeah. Like I, I think I. I, see I possible, I, but I, I you obviously know. you know the the existence of Alex in this current time suggest that you know they could be doing more with the project going forward but I've I, I've realized at this point that whatever they do going forward it's not going to be what fans are thinking you know half-life 3 would be which was essentially following up the events of what happened in the episode two of half-life 2 it would yeah. be it would be its own thing which is mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that hmm <laughs> <laughs> I I I I, spoiled. I, I was never gonna buy that game for for myself anyway, and I heard there was some really cool shit, so I looked up spoilers and I looked up things things from the game. The inside, and, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting shit in that. I don't know necessarily if it'll be in VR. You know, if Love wants to make more money and squeeze out a couple more hundreds out of people, that's fine. But um, speaking, I, I'd, rather, the... I'd rather have it be on console. Speaking of squeezing some hundreds out of people, oh Lego, god, Lego really, yeah. Lego really has us by the balls, don't they? <laughs> So uh, I, I yeah. it was not on purpose for me to make another episode where we have to talk about Lego, but this remember, was a very hey, good remember, exception.
1: If it, it w- if it wasn't for Lego, I wouldn't be into filmmaking. Same, same. I'd say, if so. it wasn't for Lego, I
0: would have been bored. <laughs> I would have been more bored. Um, So le- um, th- this was a tweet that came out. Yes? Oh, it's midnight right now. It was a tweet that came out um today uh, from the uh from the actual Lego uh, Twitter handle, where they were teasing a project that they were going to release, but well, they are going to release, but uh, it was already leaked to be a um, NES replica uh, replica, where it included a game cartridge, a game pad, and a vintage style CRT television set. That's we- so fucking cool, dude. And there's pictures of this that have leaked online, and oh my god. It looks I, great. I I'm gonna it. buy it. I'm gonna buy it. It looks so cool. First of all, okay. They haven't explained it yet, obviously, because, you know, they haven't... LEGO hasn't officially, officially um, announced it. But this comes at a whopping 2,646 pieces. And... Nothing. Um, German, site, uh, German site Stone Wars claims that it is launching on August 1st for 230 euros for those of you who, lives in the, who live in the United States, that's $262 US dollars, uh, exclusively on the Lego store. So, okay, he, the thing about this that's so cool to me, obviously, it, you know, it, it's a replica of, of, a, of, a, of a CRT television set with the NES and all that stuff, and you can make your own game cartridge. Well, it, it's just a Mario game cartridge, but you could build it. The <laughs> cool thing about this, and I don't know if they've you know, announced this yet, but it looks like the TV... Like the inside of the CRT te- uh, television has a track inside <laughs> it, where you're basically actually playing a level of Mario that you built. Do you think it'll get that far? No, it looks like it's doing that because so the crazy. Mario's like the Mario figurine that they have on the television set is connected to this little like plastic thing on the side of the television where it looks like it could be moving, and like this isn't something that's. That's actually like um, new to Lego stuff. Like, there's projects where like they use conveyor belts and they use like remote control stuff. A bunch to, of Lego like, sets have different stuff. like
1: ha- have different like like little like contraptions uh, uh,
0: out of them, you know? Yeah, but that's super interesting. No, oh, like, yeah, that's definitely. a super cool thing where you could basically be playing. You not only are you making Mario, but you're playing Mario as well. <laughs> uh, it so also says Mario. here that um, it also says that the like the official Lego Mario sets that were announced a few months ago. Um, can be used as a sort of accessory to this thing. Apparently, if you put uh, the Lego Mario figurine, that giant one that was unveiled a couple months ago on top of the CRT television, it'll play the Super Mario theme song as you're playing the Lego Super Mario replica of a Super Mario Brothers level. God. Yeah, I'm buying this. I, I, <laughs> I, I, this is so fucking cool, dude. I mean, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during like the quarantine, I've been meaning to find something to build with le- specifically a lego set to build Build a
1: pc no that too but <laughs> don't be shy build a pc <laughs>
0: i'll build a lego pc because that's what i can't afford
1: <laughs> yeah have you ever heard it, that tiktok uh, don't be sad go get a tattoo don't be sad go get a tattoo <laughs> i've never heard of that that's pretty don't funny. be shy go build a pc <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, don't be so bored cool, dude <laughs> This yeah. looks so no, fucking yeah. cool. It's it's definitely super fucking cool, especially if you if you're into like, you know, obviously if you're if you're into
0: like Mario just like building Legos and this is definitely like for the fans. It's not only that, it's like okay, you're making a console, you're making a game cartridge, and you're making a television set. That's some pretty cool stuff though like all in itself. That's a pretty good package. Yeah. You know, like I'll pay the obviously, I'll pay the two hundred dollars. Obviously it. it
1: helps if you have if you have that connection to Nintendo. <laughs> yeah.
0: That too, obviously. Um, uh, this is I I, I, I connections don't connections to Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go quick
1: because I really don't give a fuck. Like Red Play- I Red know. P- Ready Player I Two know. is a thing. It's gonna be released in November. It's I, I don't I, I could not give less. Why did you? Why is this on the docket, Raul? Okay, why?
0: so let me <laughs> explain why. So um, Ernest Klein, the writer of Ready Player One, one of the what arguably for better or for worse, it was one of the highest selling books of the last couple of years. Which was made into a movie, which was later adapted into a film directed by Steven Spielberg. Which wasn't, on reflection, wasn't that great. But hmm. Uh, hmm. Klein finally revealed that um, his sequel, Ready Player Two, is coming out in November, and, and it's, 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 you it's, know? <laughs> a, it's a follow-up to Ready Player One. Look, I only put this. I only put this here just because I wanted to. Like, I wanted us to go back to the fact that we were actually talking about this. Uh, that we both actually read the first book. I read and because apart- of Irma. <laughs> I yes
1: it literally it took like, a hurricane I, to make me read that book <laughs> I know
0: I read it because I I was interested in it I got like a loot crate deal out of it when I was like into loot crates and I, I found it there and I, <laughs> I, picked up the, I picked up the book I remember and I'm like that. okay that I, I heard good things about this book I also heard there's a bunch of references so for you know as a fun little thing for myself I'm gonna underline every single pop culture reference the book makes it was drenched in a highlighter <laughs> by the time I finished that book, I remember you. I remember when you let me borrow it; it was just highlight, letter yeah. everywhere. It was, it was horrible. And looking back on the book, I thought it was like it was all right. But then I think about it now, and I'm like, yeah, that's the first book. I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with the fact that that's that that first book is one of those rare books that I've read where it's like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not really good.
1: Yeah, it's just. Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, let's continue. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a fuck. I, I really, I, just the
0: fact. <laughs> I, I, I just think this is
1: such a, like, sleazy cash grab. Like, this is so bad, you know? Like, whatever.
0: Uh, I just don't or, know what the fuck they could do more with this. I like, don't honestly, fucking know. I don't, I, God, I don't fucking bro. know. Fuck, whatever. Um, How many more member berries do I have to have when I have to read this fucking book? I'm not going to read the book, mind you. I'm not going to read this book. But Jesus Christ, man. Listen, Raul, K and Black,
1: what is that, man? What is that? Tell us, yeah, tell yeah. us.
0: Three pages about a about how angry that guy was masturbating. Well, I don't know. It was a fucking weird book. Uh, yeah, The King in Black is the next Marvel Comics crossover event. This is um, basically the sequel to last year's Absolute Carnage crossover event where uh, Null, the god of the symbiotes and creator of the symbiotes, uh, spinning off the pages of Venom, has finally come to Earth to in- invade it and destroy it. And it's up to Venom. God Venom, basically, who has, like, wings and he, like, rode a dragon once uh, and (laughs) Spider-Man and the X-Men and the Avengers to team up and beat the shit out of this symbiote god. Yeah. It's, it's, that, that's kind of it. I I just wanted to bring that out there because it was that, that first event was pretty fun. I had a really good time with it. It, it started off as basically like a buddy cop uh, action, uh, action film with Spider-Man and Venom and that was fun. And it's gonna be done by the same creative team. Donnie Cates on writing duties and Ryan Steckman on arting, uh, on art duties. And yeah, that's it. It starts in It starts in. It starts in December. And part of me thinks, you know, since this is dark sci-fi weird shit, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to implement the alien and predator stuff that we were talking about last week. And maybe, I don't know, an alien, a xenomorph is technically in the Marvel conic- Comics canon, a symbiote or something like that. Or I mean, just hey. another alien <laughs> for Venom to fight. I think that would be fun. AVP if Shane, versus Venom. If, <laughs> if
1: Shane Black's movie didn't uh, turn you off from Predators, you know,
0: just. Did you got see this.
1: it? Uh, no, I had I didn't, but I don't really care too. <laughs> Good to
0: know. I'll, I ra- I'll remember
1: I ra- that. I ra- I'd rather rewatch the, ni- the Nice Guys, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll remember that. Don't worry. Oh, you fucking bitch.
1: <laughs> i feel like you're gonna recommend like iron man 3 like or something. honestly
0: shit. oh that's a good idea it is a good i'll idea. keep that i'll keep that for later yeah i don't know yeah. I've, i'm okay with the fact that you know we're we have very opposite opinions about that film it's fine Oh yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I well I, I would like to revisit because i did revisit it like uh f- months ago i think almost a year or two ago and you know
0: <laughs> look uh, in retrospect for me I think that's probably the best, (laughs) like one of the best points in the MCU. But I digress. That's not. That's not what we're going to be talking about now. We're done for news, by the way. That's it for that. Um, I want to get into our weeks for a second before we get into our double feature of the week. So you finished? I wrote. Yeah, I I wrote. Lol, school as one Mm. of the things. Yeah, you finished school. That's good. Well, well, first half of summer school. Oh, you have another class for the second half.
1: Uh yeah, Summer C. So summer C is twelve weeks. Oh damn dude. Yeah. And I have also another class coming in that
0: I start tomorrow. So we'll see how is it goes. the one I, I are you done with the one that um requires you to be on Zoom or no?
1: Yeah, but I don't know if this next class I'm starting is gonna require that.
0: Oh, okay. But uh um, Or actually no, not requires you to use Zoom, but like for them to see your face.
1: Yeah, I hate that. It was terrible. No, <laughs> I know. But um I mean, um, besides school, I've just been playing a lot of video games. Uh, Doom Eternal is one of my favorite, it's probably one of the best shooters I've ever played. Uh, I yeah. love every second of it. Um, what else? Uh, I haven't really continued Last of Us, but I am thirteen hours in, so nothing new what to
0: what add
1: there. Nothing really new to add there. No, but um, nothing. Yeah, no, no, nothing really crazy. Nothing really crazy has happened. Uh, has happened. Um, I got myself new uh, computer speakers new ear they're...
0: uh new um ear muffs, Yeah, i guess I for, ordered,
1: our, for our i ordered earphones. i i ordered uh rao and i um some some pat some new like pads for the for the earphones because very comfortable the, yeah the other ones are like just rock solid i feel stupid for not ordering them earlier but um yeah these are just so much better um so i yeah, and, like, yeah everything's pretty kind of s- same you know, on my side um, what what was it that you wanted to mention?
0: Yeah, uh, no, just a couple of things. My thing's been my my week's kind of been the same as usual as well. I I cut the cord, so I went to finally got a YouTube TV, and I'm doing that, mm-hmm. um, for the long being for the long term being. I oh, don't know the just when you when you're paying two hundred like almost close to three hundred bucks a month for Directv, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, there's no need like. And this thing is like seventy bucks a month. It's still a lot of money, but hey, it's more affordable than anything else I've. I mean, had mean, I just don't. I mean, I just don't have any of that. I, I have
1: H B O Max, Netflix, Amazon Prime. it's all I really need. YouTube.
0: Yeah, but I, you know, I miss like live TV is still kind of like a. I mean, it's just different. I mean, it's different for you life.
1: because of your entire family.
0: Yeah, that too. You know, but it's just like I've always I've always grown with live TV, so that's always been something I, I've. You know, I kind of, I it's like, it's tough for me to let go, you know? So, like, that was already hard with DirecTV after I've had that for like years. But I don't know, man. The, yeah, only, this is
1: fine. the only live TV events I'd really like pay attention to would be something like, would be something I could watch on HBO
0: or like Netflix or something. Or it'd be like UFC, but that's it's already. It's I don't even bother thing. with HBO because I already have Max. But like, with UTV, TV, it's just like, it's also like unlimited DVR space, which is something I've needed for a long, long time now. And they have TCM, so I can record all the movies I want there and all my wrestling stuff. Oh, quick thing. I want to talk about um, AEW for a second. Go ahead. So, it's just a quick highlight of of one person from AEW. Mm. So, there was a match with Chris Jericho against Orange Cassidy, who I mentioned on the show before. Basically, California, like, uh, California chilled dude with, you know, Gene, uh, with a. Jean jacket, jeans, white shirt, sunglasses. Looks like he's doesn't care about anything. He looks super bored as shit. And hmm. he that the, the what was it uh, Jim Ross says something along the lines one uh, on one taping that he, he he's adopted the sloth style of fighting, which is fighting as a wrestler but fighting really really slowly. But like a panda. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a match with Chris Jericho on uh the their Fighter Fest main of ev- um um not a pay per view event because they had it on Di- they showed it on Dynamite instead this time mm. around, but that was one of the main events. That was the big main event of the second night of that of that um of Fighter Fest, and he yeah. lost the match, but holy shit, I've never seen a <laughs> more like energetic and ferocious fighter than Orange Fucking Cassidy. So look, the guy, the guy basically has like his. It sounds like a porn star is, name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a fun name. the The, the guy's shtick is that he's like in line with the best friends, who are uh, a really good tag team group on AEW, mm-hmm. and he's just he he's just along for the ride, right? He's just chill about everything. He's the ba- He's deemed the baddest man alive, you know. But he's like. He he doesn't say he never says anything on camera and all he does really like for fans for any sort of interaction is just give his thumbs up and that's it while he's wearing his sunglasses. (laughs) So simple man this fight was pretty he's a simple man this fight was pretty fun because the best friends show up uh, show up to support him. He has his own theme music instead of the best friend's uh, theme music that he would come out to but he tells them to go away. He like signals them to go away because now it's his time. Now is his time to shine. And he takes out the jacket. He takes out the shirt. He takes out the sunglasses. Which you know you mean business there. And instead of acting really slow. And just fucking around with Chris Jericho. As Chris Jericho just screams at him. And tries to beat the shit out of him. He's also very, very distinct weight advantage. By the way. Like Chris Jericho has gotten pretty heavy. And he was pretty heavy on this fight. And He's For, a if you look up, if you look up pictures of Orange Cassidy, he's a very skinny man. Dude, the guy is a straight up acrobat. Is he? He like it, it, it that that fight was so fun because it looked like the guy just woke up, and would just like do all sorts of somersaults and like spins while he's on another uh, while he's on Jericho's body, and just beats the shit out of him. And it was Depends so much life. fun. Yeah. Um. He lost the match, but usually that's that's typical when you have like a rising superstar and you want you know, um you want them to go you want them to be like groomed for the not groom's not the best word you want them to be like um set up in the long run for bigger events bigger fights so mm-hmm. that was a fun little thing i saw on tv with this man who just like he he literally hasn't said a single word and he's already one of my favorite wrestlers <laughs> uh yeah that was cool i played some minecraft minecraft was fun i made a burger Restaurant in the shape. Of i haven't a played Minecraft in a minute. Huh? I haven't played Minecraft in a minute. Yeah, neither have any of the guys. And I've been saying for weeks for, to us to go back to the server. I think everybody. I think all the villagers in our server are dead. Like it's been a while. It has been a while. I don't, I don't think they can die, but like I think they're going hungry. Mm. I know <laughs> I, I have a house I didn't even finish on that server, but I've been uh, playing with Nihar, our sound editor. Hey Nihar, how you doing? Sup, Ben. Um, <laughs> he'll put his voice in here eventually. Uh, and and we were just like messing around in um, his realms thing. What what's the difference between? Because you played this game for a while, right? Is realms like another? Is that just another fancy word for uh, server, or is there th- a distinct difference between a I, realm I, and a I, server?
1: I think it's just like the easiest way to make a server if you're not familiar
0: with like the other,
1: with with like actually creating one with uh, your you know with your router and going through the nitty gritty. Um, so it's I, just another fancy way of saying server I mean yeah it's just like a different kind of server I think, it ha- I th- I think there's just you have like different uh, options I'm not too familiar to be honest well but, I know like
0: you could change it to well I mean I think in our server you could change it to creative mode as well but
1: yeah but like like um, I, I, I think our server like if he wanted to he could do like a bucket server make it modded
0: you know oh I see hmm. no but for this it was just like Nia and I have just been chilling for the last couple of weeks, playing this and just making stuff around this town that um a couple of his friends have made. And it's just like giant skyscrapers that I've never thought I would ever see. And I'm like I, I and I just spent a, the last couple of weeks just building buildings with him. Honestly, <laughs> I've been I've been I, I I think it's safe to say for me that I've been doing pretty well at building stuff in Minecraft now. I know how to make circles, <laughs> which is fun. You think you got it? I think I got it. Yeah, I was very happy with my burger. It, if you go inside it, it's like a little mini restaurant with a giant grill. I, I, th- I thought it was cool. Uh, I saw Close Enough with a new J.G. Quintel series. I'll leave that for later, though, because I, I want you to see it. I want to I I I talk watch about it, it yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some funny things about it. There's some interesting development things that I'll leave for later that I, I didn't expect this show to have. But mm-hmm. then again, this was something that was on the shelves for like three years, which was initially just conceived as a pitch trailer for TBS – and it was already being, you know, gr- um, it was already being uh, set up to premiere on on TBS before uh, the whole Time Warner acquisition from AT and T, mm-hmm. and that changed it up. There, there's some interesting things about that show. It was a fun show. I liked it, and yeah, it's not it's not regular show, but it's its own unique little thing that I like. They dropped all the episodes off at the same time, and I thought that for me that kind of sucked because it's like. I didn't want to binge the whole thing, but I kind of did because I just like I, I had a nice like little afternoon to myself to just watch it all. Mm-hmm. But it's not the type of show that I want to watch. Like you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I want to. I want to have like a weekly thing with it. You know, I think sure. they're just doing that with all their animated show uh, shows on HBO Max. But yeah, that was it. Um, um that was it for a wa- week. i have I'm a quick book recommend- recommendation. But, yeah. I, I,
1: I'm gonna watch that eventually because like I, I'm just more. I'm more interested that like. Somebody who's made such a popular you know cartoon on Cartoon Network that's made many you know that's made for kids is trying something different making something you know oriented.
0: I'd say it's just as weird as regular show for sure which yeah. is a great thing. Yeah the, the, one of the episodes is a is an episode called the Canine guy where um, the main character I think his name is Josh he meets he meets a talking dog human hybrid who that's obsessed with 90s Jim Carrey movies so he's always quoting stuff from the cable guy in mask mm-hmm. and his car and the dog's car is the car from uh dumb and dumber with the giant dog in the top <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny um, uh, yeah we'll talk well, well i'll leave that for later because there's some funny shit that i want to get into with you uh once you watch it Say it wanna- episodes too on hbo max would you like to uh would you like to get into uh some hamilton I'll get into that for a sec. Uh, right before that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Quick, the, the, yeah, quick, the quick book recommend. I apologize, sir. I apologize. Yeah. It's me. fine. It's fine. Uh, book, book recommend and a half, to be honest. Because, like, this book was all right. But I read Flash Forward by uh, writer Scott Lobdell with art by Brett Booth. This is basically the follow-up of... Um, I'm gonna have to spoil some stuff for you here, but you don't care about comics, and that's fine. So, for people who I, care hey, about comics, hey, 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 I do care about no, comics. No, I'm, I'm Just, sorry, I meant I don't I, keep I, up I, with I, I meant it. I meant it in a nice way. Yeah, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you don't care I about did, comics, I did. God, that's so harsh. <laughs> 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 All right, for people who haven't read *Heroes in Crisis* or uh, don't know the big ramifications of that miniseries, uh, skip a couple of minutes ahead of this, like two, three minutes ahead. So. This is uh, Flash Forward. Yeah, Uh, and there's timestamps for this, too. Flash Forward is basically, uh, there was this event called Heroes in Crisis, which was basically, it was written by Tom King, actually, where um, they treated it as uh, people were um, superheroes that had, like, long-term PTSD or were suffering from... You know, uh, trauma would go to this place called the sanctuary. That was the premise. They would uh, go to this place called the sanctuary where they could get thera- uh, therapy and uh, get you know better help and um, you know, yeah, just get therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the people who was who were sent there was uh, Wally West because at this point in Wal- of Wally's story, he he came back from the events of Rebirth, but uh, Linda, his Linda Park, his wife who exists in that new timeline doesn't know who he is. And regardless of, uh, Wally's power of putting people's memories back in place of people, remembering Wally, it doesn't work on Linda for some reason. And also the kids that they had together just don't exist in this universe. So Wally has been pretty depressed, right? I mean, it's pretty terrible. (laughs) No, it's fucking horrible. It it really is pretty sad. So they sent him to sanctuary to see if he could get better. And in the events of that Heroes in Crisis miniseries, he has um, it's revealed that he had a like, um, a, a, like a psychic breakdown and killed, I think almost everybody in that in that facility, including one of them, including uh, Roy Harper. And this series deals with the aftermath of that, where he turns himself in and. He's just super guilty about what he did back at Sanctuary. He's guilty that you know he killed Roy, one of his best friends from the Teen Titans. And this is an interesting one because they quickly brush aside the events of Heroes in Crisis in a, in a way, and you know repurpose Wally as a new, different type of Flash, you know, um, with the like with the tone of like something like how Stella got her groove back. Where this giant time um, multi multiverse dimension being comes to Wally while he's in prison, and he's like, "Wally West, you're the only person, you're the only speedster in the universe that has the power to like eradicate all the dark matter off of um, these other uh, multiverses. I need you to do this for me." Wally's always been my favorite Flash. Wally's well, same with me, same here, but I could I could be on. uh, I'll be honest with you, Wally in the comics for a lot of it, it just felt like a carbon copy version of of Barry Allen. So 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 much to the point that his origin is literally the same thing as Barry Allen. Like a bunch of fucking car- chemicals just drop on Wally when he was a kid and lightning just uh, uh, just coincidentally struck at the same time and he mm-hmm. became the Flash. That's literally how his origin story is. Um but this is an interesting one because they kind of just they they give a they give Wally a new purpose and a new like distinction. You know, a, a a different they and like they give him a you know a different take on what, uh, on what his flash could be, which is mm-hmm. like this guy, the speedster who could just travel between dimensions and multiverses, and just you know save save the multiverse basically. It also sets up how he ends up sitting on the Mobius Always chair got- <laughs> with the <laughs> powers Always of Doctor Manhattan,
1: Oh, the- <laughs> huh? he's gotta save the multiverse.
0: Yeah. No, but, like, that's his one thing, you know, as opposed to Barry's thing, which is, like, just being the Flash and that one Flashpoint thing. His job mm-hmm. is to just save the multiverse. That's his Flash at this point, especially with these mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan powers that he has. Um, so they were supposed to set something up with that 5G event a few months ago, but which was something that apparently, like, Dan Didio was really, really into making. Which is basically, like, they were going to reconstruct a new history of the DC Universe following Doomsday Clock and all that stuff. But I guess they scrapped that shit. And they're probably going to do something similar or very, very different in the new uh, Death Metal miniseries that's going on right now. Because they have a little thing at the end of this book that sets it up. And, yeah, that's about it. It's it's alright. There's some cheesy dialogue. There's some stuff where it's like, I'm annoyed. There's some parts where I'm annoyed at Wally because it's just like... While he's acting super, super guilty, and I get it, mm-hmm. you know, like he should, because he killed a bunch of people. But like, they it, it <laughs> feels like they're just saying the same thing over and over again, in some points. Um, but the art's really good. Brett Booth, really, really good artist. I love his, I've loved his work in Titans from the last couple of years and the Rebirth line, and I like his stuff here. Uh, Scott Scoblevdell did all right. Apparently, he's one of the people who's um, being outed in the hashtag speaking out stuff that's been going on in the comics industry there there's mm-hmm. i haven't been keeping up with that stuff as much because it's just like there's so many to catch up with in the other facets of the media industry like i'm like I, there's all the movie stuff that the the movie ones that we know and the tv stuff but like there's also with been, been well. going on in comics yeah which and um and in the smash community which we talked about last episode and in video games as a, 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 in a broader sense. But there's been stuff going on in the comics industry too that's, you know, where um that's been having it. And he's, wh- he's one of the people that were, that was, um that was accused of, of some sort of misconduct. I haven't read his story because it just, there's so many to read. I didn't know that. I knew that after the fact. So like, everything's so depressing. Know. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. You know, it's yes. another one who got, who who's being accused of stuff too. But I think it's like, I think his stuff is more of a, um, just being a dick. To people in in the workplace, Warren Ellis. You remember Warren Ellis, right? Yeah, yeah. That was that was another one. I was like, oh damn, him. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. No. It, yes. Very depressing stuff. Along from that, <laughs> let's talk about something that I it, to me it wasn't that depressing. It was pretty fun. Hamilton. I mean, did, it picked up for uh, me. Yeah. Let's let's start off this double uh, feature discussion. No spoilers for right now, and then we'll get into spoilers. No, fuck it. Let's get into spoilers for Hamilton. It's history, for God's sakes. I mean, I mean, shot. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I feel like everyone who cares about Hamilton has already seen Hamilton.
0: I mean, yeah, that show's been on for four years now, and they finally... Four years, a, and, they, like, they, you they, know. It's not even a movie. It's a taped performance of one of the early shows from 2016 when the show launched on, mm-hmm. on Broadway. Um, yeah. I'll I'll, okay. I'll I'll kick it off for you. What did you yeah, think yeah, yeah. of Hamilton, the stage production on Disney Plus?
1: I definitely enjoyed I definitely enjoyed the second half of it better than the first. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm not really like not that I not that I don't like musicals. I, I I'm just not uh, as uh, well versed in you know theater and and you know that kind of just like that kind of like area of. Uh, of uh, you know entertainment, uh, it's not really something I, I'm well versed in, but I do I do respect it and I do like you know appreciate it because there is a lot of work that goes into all that you know. Um, see the thing with Hamilton, I found it really fucking boring. <laughs> I found it really That's boring. I didn't really like get into much of the songs. You know, I think for the most part, like the movie, like like it's kind of. Dec- Uh, cringy i don't know maybe i no okay okay i I, i'll I'll say this right (laughs) now
0: before i get into my thoughts it's the nerdiest shit i've seen all year for sure it's the geekiest thing i've seen all year because not only is it american American history but it's like Like, yeah no it's there there's some there's some fucking god I, i don't know how you could take a person seriously when they're like Yo, New York City, are you down for a motherfucking cabinet meeting? And I'm yeah. like, what? How are people cheering? Yeah, <laughs> like-, yeah like
1: I mean, I, I get what like what uh, they're going for, but it's just like it, it I, 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 just don't. I'm not into it. I don't know, man. I like it, 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 this. Trust me, this is this isn't a thing where like I do. I want to go in like hating it or anything because like I'm not really like the. I'm not really like I get like I said like well versed in like you know the, the theater and like liminal Miranda, you know. But I just what didn't it didn't connect with this, um, I guess I, I guess like uh, on the positive sides, you know, at least, um, I really enjoyed David Diggs as uh, Thomas Jefferson. I Thomas
0: Jefferson was, and um, uh, Lafayette.
1: Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Oh my God, great. Yeah, they 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 um, uh, all that was like like really really fun. I got I got into a lot of it. Um. As for like Hamilton itself, I I'm not really like I I didn't really like care about his character. Then again, I really didn't I barely cared about most. I, I I didn't really care about most of the characters in this. I feel like that's like sacrilege to say, or, like, you know, like. No, it's I'm, sin. I'm
0: you're fine. You'll you'll live. Don't worry. No, Let's a just, lot of people so, love so, Hamilton, dude. People die for no, this shit. Like, no, look, <laughs> and I and I get that. And like I, I'm somebody who you know enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't think it was like you know fantastic or anything, but I had a good time. I I had a, I had a pretty good time watching it, but like you know it, it's it. <laughs> there's there, there 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 very much is this thing of like hype of like very very um, hyperbolic hype when it comes to like not only Broadway musicals but just like you know the big Broadway musical sometimes you know. So a show, a show can be good. You know, arguably, this, arguably, this this is like, the <laughs> yeah.
1: The but you big could one. tell,
0: like you know, there there as somebody who knew about this shit from high school and you know was around people who were really really into it when it came out in, in when we were in high school. Yeah, you like, have I, more I, of, I, a, I of, of a a perspective on the all this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was a musical. The- I started off as a musical theater kid, and I'm I'm more versed in um other stuff in music. I mean, in choir and all that stuff. I still do musical theater from time to time. But like for me personally, when Hamilton came out, it wasn't a big thing for me. Like I didn't find it as a big thing. I liked some of the songs. I never listened to the whole soundtrack because it's, I, I I figured you know somebody would end up making an adaptation of it or somebody would be putting the show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would take four years. But then again, there was a bootleg of the show that I saw at a friend's house a few years ago. That's fine. And that was all right. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't see the whole thing because I was waiting for that because I, I figured some this was a very hot thing. It won Tony's it won you know Pulitzer Prizes. I don't know if it won a Nobel Prize but it I stopped guess it, it maybe it stopped it Disney
1: is, uh a free trial
0: <laughs> Yeah that right that's true um, you know but like I, I knew this was gonna be a big thing so I knew somebody was gonna capitalize on it at some point. And that, that was, this was a pretty good way of doing it by having, you know, ju- by putting out a taped performance of, you know, the original cast doing the show and for what it's worth, I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't it, it took me a minute to realize, yeah, this is not a movie at all. <laughs> Cuz the pacing yeah. is I I'd say it rivals Rise of Skywalker in terms of oh shit, things are moving very fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like I mean, Hamilton becomes friends with everybody in the crowd, and it's not even 10 minutes <laughs> into the movie. Yeah, <laughs> the wh- which, wh- you know, give or take, depend- depending how, how you want to look at it,
1: it could be like, you know, uh, you can either take it as, you know, oh, this is just going too fast, you know, I'm not getting anything. Or you could take it, hey, this is a, this is a nice brisk brisk uh, pace, you know, you understand what's going on. It's, it's all personal preference type of deal
0: well uh, in my experience it, mm. you understand what's going on if you have captions on yeah yeah because yeah, holy shit like look i the thing is i i do this with everything i i do this with almost everything because i just want to read all the little details in the text you know when people are talking but with something like hamilton which if you haven't seen it by now that's fine but like <laughs> if you haven't seen it th- this this is a a musical ass musical and by that yeah. i mean there are there's probably like a minute in the second act where like somebody is just talking to somebody and it's just some dialogue yeah. and that's it. But Everything most of it is, is just, it's song to song to song throughout yeah. the whole thing. Almost the whole thing.
1: Which, Hey, which, Hey, if, if you know that going in, you know, you can have a good time with that. If like, I feel like there's I had no so people... idea. That's the oh, thing. Like okay, I, okay. <laughs> I listened to
0: some of the soundtrack put pieces and I'm like, okay, cool. There might be some, int- cause look, I, I know Lin-Manuel stuff from in the Heights which i really yeah. like and in the heights is a very different beast from hamilton granted one of the key differences being you there's know dialogue. there are scenes where people are talking yeah and there's transitions from song to song it doesn't go immediately from one song to the other which i didn't expect from hamilton and it's like oh i wasn't shit, expecting a going too fast. deal <laughs> well i don't know about i haven't seen cats yet yeah, me neither. which by the way thanks for reminding me i gotta put that on the docket no, but, is that way uh, is that what we're gonna watch is that what we're going No gonna no, no no no. When when I talked about another musical I was I was thinking about putting on the double feature thing uh from my from my uh on my side. It wasn't it wasn't Cats. Not yet, at least. I We'll get there <laughs> dancing, <laughs> trust, the trust me. Trust me. Trust <laughs> me. It it trust me, I think it's a good one. But okay. well I'll get to we'll get to that whenever we get to that. Yeah. Back to Hamilton though, I think um I thought it was fun. I you know, when you accept the fact that yeah, this isn't a movie, this is a musical. Yeah, I had a pretty good time with it. It was a fun little. It was not little. It, it's a pretty <laughs> fun, dense three hour It's an investment. You can feel it. It's an investment. <laughs> it is a bit of an investment, but I think the best thing coming off of this, aside from some of the songs, is just how energetic the whole cast is. Oh yeah, everyone's the super into ensemble intimate. and everybody. Everyone's super you know, passionate about this. Yeah, and it's just everybody. It feels like everybody's giving their all with this. Went from the choreography, from the you know the set design. I actually pretty. I I actually kind of like a lot. Cause you know it's, it's they simple. don't change any they don't transition from t- scene to scene with any set pieces it's just it's the same big uh, thing the same a, big set like a rotating the, stage like in the middle a rotating a rotating like little um, a big circle platform in the middle for dramatic effect but there's also little things where like you know nice choices of lighting to convey the sense that yeah you are watching another you know setting here that's cool I like that and uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool from a set design um, uh, perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. the cast, yeah, the, the the cast. I think all around does did a pretty good job. I David Diggs, David
1: Diggs being my favorite.
0: I think it's kind of like a three way tie for me. David Diggs as Lafayette and and um and Thomas Jefferson is so much fun. I, I didn't know the cast going into this, by the way. For like for the four years that this thing has has been out there, I didn't know who played who. I knew Alex, I knew Lin Manuel played Hamilton, and I knew that David Diggs made his break on there. And, um, and and Leslie Oldham Jr. who plays Aaron Burr, and uh later on after the fact, uh Anthony Ramos made his big break in there, because I I, mm-hmm. I initially saw him from uh the Star Is Born remake, and I didn't know, but I didn't know he was from Hamilton. I should have figured that since he's also in the in the Heights. He's casted as Uznavi in the in the Heights uh, movie adaptation, and he's basically like, he his characters both. Uh, Hamilton's son Philip and uh, oh my God uh, John Lawrence in the first half his one of his best friends is basically portrayed as like oh here's little Lin Manuel <laughs> like here, here's young Lin Manuel here I will
1: say I will say I feel like Lin Manuel Miranda definitely uh, definitely uh, made his uh, his character quite wonderful you know <laughs> this is definitely what a Lin Manuel Miranda show you know
0: <laughs> well yes but. I don't know the thing the th- the thing I've noticed and I'm, I I I had to think about um, self indulgent kind of is what I'm trying to get huh? at you know no I, I I get where you're coming from from that but I I had to think about a little bit about in the heights for a minute and this I and, gotta watch in the heights yeah, I think I'll, I, I that that sounds this sounds like something I can get behind it's a fun musical it's a really fun musical and it, it's it's just a bunch of Puerto Ricans hanging out in the in a in, in like, I think, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong for that, but I don't, I don't know. Don't kill me. Um, <laughs> li, Like, Lemonwell while he wrote composed and, and stars in, in both of these musicals, but... You know, and even though, like, yes, there are a lot of moments where he does take the center stage because he is the main character. I think it has enough... Both of those shows have enough space to let the other people shine and make their impressions as well. Like, you know, David Diggs being one, which... You know, to this day, I still haven't seen him in anything else. This is like this, I've heard of David Diggs for years, but this is the first time I actually saw David Diggs in an actual like, pro, like in an actual production of anything. He's a piercer. I, I haven't seen <laughs> Blind Spotting, that's why. Um, he's, he's... and and, and, I, and I thought he was really really good in this. Anthony Ramos was really fun. He's super energetic, super funny. Um, but for me, uh, like in terms of MVPs, oh, Philippa Sau or Philippa Aso. As um, as uh, Eliza, I, I I thought she sang wonderfully. I really loved her singing in this, um, and uh, oh my God, Renee Elise Goldsberry as Angelica, the Skylar sisters, they're they they were pretty good. I don't know what happened to Peggy, but Peggy um, was alright.
1: Um, it's it. <laughs> it's what? just like you obviously have a lot more positive things to say about this it's just like i i really found it hard for me to like just get invested it wasn't really till, it really wasn't until like just the second half after the intermission that i i i was like getting into the characters and everything
0: just like I, you know the way the story was going um the, it it took me I'll, I'll give you this it did take me a little bit to get in there too i think by the time like satisfied started the song satisfied started mm mm-hmm. Um, that's where I really started to feel for more of the characters, like the Skylar sisters, like Angelica, for instance, I, I really did feel more for her because obviously that's her song. But, um, in terms of like the MVPs for me, you know, obviously Lin-Manuel does a really good job, but I think it's the other people that really make it shine in this and they have enough to do, you know, in this show to like, to really do, you know, exemplify that. Like my, I, it, for me, it's like a three-way MVP, tie between leslie Oldham jr as aaron burr um david diggs and somebody i did not expect who was in i didn't know he was in the show at all for all these years but it makes total sense jonathan groff as king george the third oh my god fantastic he's so fucking good hilarious oh man okay so here's my thing with jonathan groff i knew by the time when i started watching mindhunter i knew that he was on glee at some point and I figured, okay, if you're on Glee, you're probably you probably had some background in Broadway, right? He did, but mm-hmm. I didn't know he was in he was in Hamilton and a bunch of other productions aside from Fro- and I didn't even know he was in Frozen until like a few years after. The oh film. yeah, he was. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's the buff guy. I can't remember his name. Ha- oh, Hans. Ha- That's it. Oh, Christoph. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you'd figured right. Yeah, it, it sound it would sound like a haunt. He was also an American sniper actually. Now that I'm looking at that, but yeah, regardless. I thought that was a really fun thing. It's King George shows up very in in small, very alive throughout the show. (laughs) Yeah, but he is so funny and so angry. Yeah, that's the thing that I really like about some of the songs in this. Even though this is just you know, what if John Green's Crash Course was a musical about U.S. history? There, the songs are still retrofitted to be like another another sort of thing you know and as a performer that's perfect like for i'll, I'll give um uh, uh, i'll use um Jonathan Groff as an example you'll be back is basically a breakup song it literally is a breakup song between britain and, uh, between the british empire and the united states <laughs> and it's super funny you know cuz he plays it off like that and it's just it, it 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 just makes for a better performance i wish though that they didn't have the they didn't film the fucking show uh performance where he just spat all over himself while he was like enunciating <laughs> damn dude really i thought like, that was funny i thought i, I, I thought, thought it, i think it makes sense for the character but like as a performer it's like oh fuck dude that sucks hey i'm <laughs> on. A, i'm not about
1: giving giving the uh giving the raw emotions <laughs>
0: It was a minor thing for me. I heard about... I I was hearing about people getting upset about that for a couple weeks when this came out. Upset? And it's like, oh, damn, that sucks. Mm -hmm. No, it sucks because, like, as a performer, you want to have the best look for your character. I guess. And in the context, it does look pretty good. It does make sense for him to, like, be this very angry, you know, um, like, overdramatic British king. And... So, the spit stuff kind of makes sense, but it's like, yeah, you're, if you're the only one that's in the movie doing that, in the performance doing that, that kind of sucks because you're like singled out as that one thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But he did a great job regardless of that. I, and I really enjoyed his performance with that. Oh, another one I wanted to say Christopher Jackson as George Washington. Pretty good. Oh, my God. I I loved his stuff a lot. I loved his last song. There's good. Because as a tenor, he's got some good ass chops for a musical theater voice, man. Um,. I, I, I will say,
1: like, I, I will say I was really into, uh, I was really into, like, just, like, h- how Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to, like, you know, write, write these songs, you know, to get together. And, like, the, the story, was, like, was a pretty good crash course into, into you know, what actually happened. Like, I, I definitely see this, like, being something that I feel like a lot of kids can grow up with. Like, oh, yeah, I remember watching Hamilton in school, you know, or, well, in the comfort of my home because of coronavirus. But, yeah uh you know, the... I'm just gonna leave it at this wasn't for me. Uh, um, I probably would have given it like a like a two and a half stars if the if I didn't enjoy the second half as much as I did.
0: And that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. yeah um. Uh, I wanna I wanna give a quick uh thing here. What was your favorite song? Did do you have a favorite song or no? Give me two seconds while I pull up Spotify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because there's okay, one I specifically that I, that I really enjoyed. Um, I I, I really like the rap battle between uh, Thomas Jefferson and Hamilton when they were that just, was pretty uh, good. Arguing. But that's one of
0: those that was one of those things where it's like, oh, look at these fucking nerds. Yeah. Like that's what I was thinking in my head while I yeah. was watching it. But yeah, it was a it, that, that was a good one. My favorite is uh, Room Where It Happens because look, here's the thing. Here's another thing about Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr. Uh, the the story is pretty good. I think the story is all right. But it really is like you know through the use of these supporting characters that really make that story shine better or brighter, and that's specifically with Leslie Odom Jr. because like with that song, it just encapsulates like the, you know how desperate and how how much his character of Aaron Burr really really wants to be noticed and really really wants to make a difference. And everyone has a country. everyone has a very like a fully realized arc in this. Yeah, it, it, which it's... I, I, which I think works better for well I mean I, it, I I think arguably it could work better for the lead character for for Hamilton or it did work better for that but you know you really do see that with some of these supporting characters especially Aaron Burr who I think I don't think honestly let me retract that I don't think I'm, I don't think of him as a supporting character I think I'm kind of like a co-lead especially sure. when you have just like you know a bunch of these songs and a bunch of moments where you know it's literally just Burr and Hamilton. You know, presented as two opposite, you know, sides of the of uh, uh, two sides of the same coin. You mm-hmm. know, like "Dear Theodosia," where they're talking about their kids. I, that's one of my. That's always been one of my favorite songs from the the
1: sequence. the sequence where um uh, with the duels? Um, oh, the ten dual commandments. Love it, love it. That the um I, I like how everything um uh the uh, was in slow motion gives the, just the
0: nice uh, dramatic effect, um. It I, does I, look kind of silly when you see it like that, when, like, um, spoilers here, but when Philip gets shot, it just they just kind of carry him over to the side <laughs> so he could get into his next uh, costume change. That was pretty funny
1: to me. <laughs> um, yeah, Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Wasn't for me, but, uh, you know, if you're into theater and if you're into, uh, if that's your jazz, uh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you, you, you'll find something to appreciate about it.
0: Yeah. I, I had a good time with this. It was yeah. a fun one. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. On a side note, I wish this could have been the case for. I I wish this sort of treatment could be used, could be applied onto other productions, and I wish this could have happened sooner with other stuff. Cause yeah, I look at this and it, when I was watching this, it made me angry at the fact that we didn't get this for something like Book of Mormon with the original cast, where jo- with Josh Gad and um. Oh, no, I mean I'm just mainly thinking about Josh Gad. Oh, you have an you, you have, have an interesting connection thing. with Book of Mormon, don't you? <laughs> oh, I did. A, I did a number of Book of Mormon in high school, but um, yeah. I, I fucking love Book of Mormon so much, and I love Josh Gad in Book of Mormon. I wish you played his character. I w- yeah, I played his character in, in one of the songs there on high school, but <laughs> that was that was a fun one, man. I I wish they could have done that for Book of Mormon with that cast, you know. They're still doing the movie version, apparently. That's still in development. But, you know, if you're going to do this for these shows, that would have been cool to see for other shows as well, I think. I think that's something that could be, you know, that'd be an interesting venture in the future mm-hmm. if you were to do that with other Broadway productions. Because also, not everybody goes to Broadway. It's expensive as fuck. You know, when <laughs> was the last time I went to New York? I was eight. It was
1: 2007. I went after I, I, went after I graduated high school. But that was, like, the only time I'd ever gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then again, like, you look at prices and tickets for Broadway shows, they're fucking, they're super expensive. Hamilton, specifically, was famous for, you know, you have to buy a ticket two years in advance for a show? It's fucking ridiculous, dude. You know? truly. And I get it. You know, people have that appeal. I love the appeal of, I love the feeling of going, just as much as going to a movie theater, of just going to a theater, uh, another type of theater, and watching a production like that. But, you know, if you, if... I think this is something that people could capitalize on and make a bigger de- deal out of with other productions in the future. Because you know, it made money for Disney. It could make money for somebody else too. Hey man, hey man. It could yeah. It could uh, like uh, the
1: again streaming services like could be another way to get somebody uh, who who probably wasn't really aware that they, that they appreciate that they like theater into into theater. And hey, you know whatever. Uh, Uh, as long as as things like these things like this are accessible you know i I feel like there really is nothing uh wrong or you know no wrong no harm better said yeah that could be done there's
0: literally like nothing bad about having a taped performance and releasing it as a movie some a couple years down the line if you really want to do something like that Mm -hmm. that would have been cool but whatever yeah, let's let's get into what I'm sure you're more excited to talk about, and yeah. I'm excited to revisit and t- uh, discuss again. Yeah, kick it off. Doctor Sleep, go ahead. Kick it directed off. Directed by Mack Flanagan, the sequel to The Shining, both the book and the movie. In 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 some retrospects, um, no, I want to ask you because I've already talked. No, I want to ask you. My, <laughs> no, no, you. Uh, I wanna. I I already gave my thoughts about the movie when when I reviewed it a couple of. i was gonna say a couple years ago uh uh, like a bunch of episodes ago when it came out yeah what did you what did you think of doctor sleep we both watched the director's cut that's um on dvd on on blu-ray dvd but you could also watch it on hbo max for people who are interested
1: um in the simplest simplest terms i liked it it was was fine Uh, um (laughs) uh i guess uh, where do you want me to start i guess ask questions
0: Ask questions okay. about it. Yeah, um, we'll go. We'll start off spoiler free, obviously, and then we'll get into some of the things. Um, as a shining sequel, okay. No. What? Did, no. no, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> did, did do you like the movie? Um, how do you think? What do you think about the movie? Both in one aspect as a shining sequel, and on another aspect as a as a horror film or a Stephen King adaptation
1: as you a Stephen King specific. adaptation i feel like mike flanagan is the be- is the best man you can get to do something like that you know no, I-, I feel like he he really understands today. stephen king's work and i feel like it's reflected very it's reflected well and faithfully in his- in his you know in what he makes um now um as as a sequel to the shining um Stephen, not Stephen King's is Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, because they're very different.
0: Um, although I will say, this is a movie that really does a really good, uh, personally, I think it does a really good job of melding those two worlds. No, I,
1: yeah, I, I definitely see, like, I, I, I definitely... <sighs> okay, here's the thing, alright, you know what, no, I'm gonna I have to disagree there. I, I, I think hmm. when it comes to, like, being a sequel to... Such a distinct and iconic thing like the Stanley Kubrick's *The Shining*, probably the most like well-renowned horror film to ever be
0: released. Um, to others like the greatest horror film ever. Yeah,
1: arguably the greatest horror film ever made. Like that I, I don't, King that? I, there's no way that something that something could like you know, jump off that j- jump off that hype and like, be you know impactful i don't i don't i i feel like there's it's impossible to, to 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 kind of live up to that i i and i i think my friend kind of like,
0: right there when when the with the box in regards to the box office that this had because it, it didn't do a really good job with that yeah but i yes, mean
1: like i i think mike flanagan understood that like he 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 shouldn't try and make a a stanley kubrick ripoff movie where you know, I feel like there are a lot of points in the in the film where you could tell he really, um, he really uh, tried something, tried to do something different, and tried to uh, try to have his own voice and vision uh, to be well realized. Now that's all well and good, but my problem starts when you heavily start incorporating, you know. Uh, those very specific elements of The Shining, you know? Um, I, like, like, something like, I don't know, let's, let let me give, what's a good example? Like, um, I'd say the, uh, we saw the director's cut. I saw the director's cut, so I don't know what the the theatrical is. I I, I think the over, like, like, more towards the intro, where, like, you basically have this entire, like, just recap backstory and what happened, you know, to Danny and... uh, what happened to like Dan- Danny and uh his mom and Wendy. everything and um i i, I, I kind of i y- you start losing me there because you know i get that like Flanagan is trying to make his own thing and, and like you know do do his interpretation of like this world that was you know not created by him but like when you start when you start like heavily incorporating like all the very distinct elements that made the shining so so uh you know well renowned and impactful so iconic it, it's kind of hard for me to make the distinction you know it's kind of hard for me to distinction like oh is this a, my, is this trying to be a Mike Flanagan film is this trying to be a Stephen King adaptation or is this trying to be or is this trying to be you know The, the Shining 2 like like, uh, or you know trying to be like the trying to be the sequel that I feel like Mike Flanagan uh, like knew he didn't want knew he he shouldn't make but really wanted to do Here's get, where I counter with that. Do you get Do you get what I mean, though?
0: No. Yes. Com- completely. Yeah. And, and to add, And to add on to that, I think one of the weakest parts of the film is when, you know, you you literally go back to the Overlook in the third act, and I'll get you know, into we that because just, there's, the, the, you're, yeah, yeah, you're you're replicating like you know some of the same lines and poses as some of the characters, and I'm like, when I both times when I saw it, I'm like, that's not that's not great. Seems unnecessary. It, you know. Yeah, it seems kind of unnecessary. You know, but. I'm fine with the beginning, with uh, the first, with part of the first act. Excuse me, with part of the first act starting off, um, showing you what happened after the events of of the of the of the first film, and it's Danny and Wendy trying to live um, a quiet life in Florida. The thing that, the thing that, um stands out in this and this is probably the strongest thing throughout the whole film that doesn't make it into something more along the lines of a shining 2 but more of its own unique thing is the writing and i think it's what cuz from what i've heard and from what i've uh, from what i've uh, parts of what from what i've read doctor sleep isn't a good stephen king book the book itself of doctor sleep is not a good stephen king book but mike flanagan is able to incorporate important themes from that book and make it into a very fascinating and thoughtful script. I think if if the themes of it this is a mo- this this is a project of Flanagan that's very similar to another thing he did with Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, right? Where you're talking about trauma, you're talking about you know what that does to a person and how a person can try to, you know, overcome that or find a way to live after that. Mhm. And I think that's the, for me. That's the strength of doctors of the Doctor Sleep film, and that's why I think you know those openings uh, that those um, those opening moments with Danny and Wendy in, in Florida don't bother it don't bother me as much as actually to be honest with you I think they're one of my favorite parts of the movie because Danny is Danny's the, young Danny in this case played really well by this shower actor but I can't remember his name right now he really. You could tell that there is something wrong and he is just troubled and hurt by the stuff that happened in the first I mean, film. Clearly. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, clearly, yes. You know, when you literally have the naked lady showing up and, you know, tormenting him. But it's that scene he has with Dick Halloran, played by Carl Lumby, I wanna say. Cause Scott McCrudger is long dead. Um that that really that really brings that whole the whole theme of, you know, confronting your fears and and, you know, facing your facing your trauma head on, you know, it, it, it really it really brings that to a very clear, um, very uh, very clear um, and a very clear view of what this movie is supposed to be, of what this of what Danny's arc is supposed to be. See, like and that's it, where that's where, like, personally, I think the movie uh, has its biggest strength. In his writing, in those conversations with those characters and how they present trauma and how they present, you know, not a solution to trauma, but in, in in a sense, because Danny is still fucked up after, you know, dealing with like those ghosts, but how to be a better person and how to move on from stuff like that. Mm hmm. I mean, see, here's the thing.
1: Like, I hear what you're saying,
0: but like, it's hard for me to get behind
1: something like that when, like, the context that when the context of of the film is something just so distinctly different from what we're getting with the current, you know, with what's currently happening. You get me? So it's hard for me. It's hard for me to like. It's hard for me to imagine like all of all these crazy like what you said. By the way, what you said about it being an excellent film, I completely get. Um. Um, putting all these uh, these weird, crazy scenarios in the same context and universe as something as subtle and and, and you know held back as The Shining was, you get me? And and, and like and
0: like I, I guess like you know is it, it, it fair to, to get into spoilers? Yeah, I, I figured we would probably do it because I I already went pretty deep into some of the stuff that already happened at the beginning of the film. See, I, but uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, before we get into that, you know, quick thoughts: good, bad.
1: Egg. It's it's all right. It's all, all right. right. It, it's all right. Um, obviously, nothing compared to like The Shining. Um, it it, it didn't the, ha- the thing is, I'm didn't... I'm glad it didn't have to be. It, did, and it didn't okay, have to be. Okay, and okay, it didn't, all right, all right. You that, know? that's where my issues. That's where my issues stem. It did not have to be, but Mike Flanagan still tried to do that. Especially with just, the last
0: act. Um, yeah, no, for sure. With the re- but the thing is, yeah. when you're trying to mesh like both worlds of the Shining book and the Shining film, it's a weird middle ground that you have to come through. It, you know? but, but I, and I just feel like he didn't stick landing. I just feel
1: like he no, doesn't stick No, That's fine. Like that's or, or, or fine. I I I'm to. kind of
0: with you there, at least with that third act. And like
1: and like I, I guess the third act is just a big ex- example of that where like it like the sh- like it <laughs> it oh, oh, it almost it's it, it almost treats like the the events and the characters of The Shining as like like a Marvel event, you know? Like oh, here's a here's yeah, a I, I, I kind of like, get where
0: you're coming from from
1: like, that. Like like oh yeah, here are these characters that you haven't seen in years that are so very, just very obvious callbacks. Back. Yeah, like super obvious callbacks, just the way everything is just like treated, you know. Like I, 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 I feel like, like I feel like that's where, like this point in the movie is where Mike Flanagan just really said "fuck it" and it's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just make the shining
0: sequel I wanted to make." I will say though, there are some subtle callbacks to the to Kubrick's film that I do really enjoy. There's but subtle I yeah, I mean, you, no, I mean, well, we're already in the spoilers, <laughs> but no, no, I, I wanted to get my quick thoughts on on the film. Um, did you, I think the did you already? Personally, <laughs> huh? did you, did you already? <laughs> oh no well I mean yes but I, I wanted to talk about the director's cut for a second I think it's I think it's a superior version just because of the I think the pacing is just a little bit better you know and it obviously helps because it has the book chapters as like little bookends to some of these events but it just adds a little bit more of everything uh, in, in terms of like you know the strength the character arcs of not only you know the main characters, Abra and 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 Danny, as a grown up, but you know some of some of the sh- um, you didn't see the, th- the theatrical cut, but like uh, a- a- Abra Stone's father isn't really anything in the theatrical cut. You know he's kind of a nothing character. He's a but huge character in this. Character one, in this yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a much better realized character in this one. Um, and there's some little things here and there. That some little uh, cool little differences. That you know make this a better viewing experience. I still like the theatrical version, but I much prefer this one. Mm-hmm. I think I, I said this on le- on my Letterbox thing, but if I were to look back and you know re redraw my uh, my top ten, I probably there's a chance I probably would have put Doctor Sleep somewhere in there, because there's something very interesting and very poignant about the about the journey that you know that, about the journey that Danny. Um, that Danny Tur- Torrance goes through. Both right after the events of The Shining. And you know as a man. And it's very fascinating. It, like for me it's very fascinating. Also with some of the most more. One of the in- interesting. One of the more interesting villains I've seen in a King adaptation. In uh, in quite some time. Alright. But yeah let's All right. get into spoilers.
1: Alright yeah then I, I guess yeah I'll just say it. I hate Rose the Hat. I think that I think. Damn entire, that's a shame. I, I, oh. I think the entire. I think the entire uh, vampire storyline. I I could not stand it. Thought it was super boring. I thought it 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 really just felt like f- comic book fluff in the worst way possible. That's well, that. look, and I again, I will admit this is not something I can't I'm, see. I I can't see this in the context of of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And like again, like it's it's unfair. It, it, it the I, thing is, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, but, the, but, but but it
0: kind of works as like its own weird X Men spinoff. I mean, with some no, of these things.
1: Like, no, I mean again, okay, it doesn't have to be, but like he still made it that. He still made it that, and that's why I feel like that criticism is fair. I mean, it's fine. I didn't criticize that. Criticism. No, I. I mean, Listen. no. I. But like, you know, I'm just, I'm just reinstating. You know, like, like I, yeah. I just don't. I. 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 It's it, like I. I just don't. I. I. I don't get why. I. I don't get why like. Th- this uh, this very apparent like need to, to to just call back to The Shining and to just like make 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 it you know the sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining when like really like a lot of the best parts of the movie were you know Ewan McGregor's like interactions with Abra I really I, I really loved him like you said like just like, going through going through uh trauma his alcoholism you know he's just he's just in a very low place in his life and then he meets Abra who who really just brings him up and like, that kind of gives him a reason to just keep on going. You know, I, I, really well, I mean, I think uh, even
0: before Abra, he kind of, it, it kind of looks like at that point, he does have a way of of going on by finding help and, you know, joining an AA program, yeah. which is something that I think really, um, something I think really enhances and, you know, ju- like makes it a little bit better with the world. Uh, sorry, hang on. Something that, I, that um, I found to be a pretty neat thing for Flanagan to incorporate from the original book because... And that was something that was never really, you know, addressed in, in the Kubrick version. At the end of the day... And obviously, Kubrick didn't present Jack as this, but in the book, Jack was a, a, a father. You know, he was he was Danny's father at the end of the day. And apparently, he was... If you read the book... He was a caring father. He just was poisoned by his addiction to alcohol and it led him down that spiral. And I'm glad that they still incorporated uh, incorporated that into Danny's character with this, where it's like he is just, you know, he he literally is going through the same problems as his father, but he's learning to be better and move on from that and find a solution to end that problem so he doesn't ever have to go through that spiral and go through the same problems again, which he almost did. Earlier in the movie, which one of the one of the more striking and really fucked up uh, scenes, where he just leaves a drunken lady on the side there that he slept with the night before, vomiting all over the bed. Drunken. Sorry, sorry. she was asleep. She was drunk though. A point, she was overdosed. She threw she, up. It, it, yeah. wasn't it heavily implied that she overdosed? I think because yeah, I don't, I don't know. They never, obviously, they never officially, you know, confirm it. But like he thinks that he left them to die, and he kind of did. He left. The, he left the lady there with vomit all over her, herself in the bed with her um, s- scared little baby in the apartment, and he took all the money. And It's like, yeah, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure he did, you know. Yeah. But they never. I'm glad they, It's. I'm glad it's one of those things where they never really fully address it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I. But th- yeah, I thought that was something that was really strong, and really well presented with Danny's character in in this version, and something that I'm yeah, glad they really incorporated from the original book. I like original character. versions of the book.
1: I like Danny's character. I, li- I like Dion Mcgregor as Danny. I, um, th- there's that, there are a lot of there were a lot of great scenes. Um, I really enjoyed the scene where uh, Danny controls Ibra's body.
0: Yeah, and that's, and, that's and, really and started talking scene. to
1: the crow. I think that was really cool. I like the crow. That was like the one character I enjoyed <laughs> from 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 the whole vampire cult. Um,
0: I'll tell you this: I didn't feel that when I watched the theatrical cut because he's really a nothing character. in in that version as well that's interesting yeah they they, there's more scenes in this where they flesh out his character and uh his relationship with with uh rose which i'll get into for a quick second i i i really i thought this was a really interesting role for rose uh for rebecca ferguson and i thought and overall i really enjoyed it because i think it was really interesting for her to go into this thing where it's like yeah, she's a vampire, but in essence, she's like basically a drug addicted child um, killer who feeds on the soul. Like he, you know, in context, feeds on the souls of you know other people who have the shining ability. And she's also a, a person with the shining the as well. But whatever the fuck. you know, I mean, she's like she's a desperate character. No, yeah, you know, and and her desperateness has made her into this really evil, sadistic. You know, type of character, I mean, and I thought that was something really interesting for uh, Rebecca Ferguson to do, and I thought she did a really good job with it. I mean, there are moments, though. I wanna, I wanna tell you because I don't know if you, if you caught it. I'm sure you caught it, but there are moments where I, I feel bad for the lady. But my God, her accent is on like a thread, on like a s- tiny little thread at times, where it's just like transitioning from her American accent to her straight up like deep English accent. I, d- I didn't really catch any of that. To be honest. Oh, dude, when she's talking to. When she's talking to um, Crow in the trailer right after right after they killed Jacob Tremblay. Holy shit. It's just like right there. Like it's like hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was so... I felt so bad for her. Um,
1: I don't know. I just... I, I wasn't really into her as a character. I kind of found her super annoying. Um... I like like I, I I just felt like she wasn't as like compelling of a villain. Also, especially like with the fact that like yeah, she's like like there's a lot of horrifying shit like that she did and like her and 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 you know I can understand why she's so you know feared. But like it kind of seemed like for the majority of the movie, like Danny and Abra kind of had the upper hand on them for
0: like a lot of it. Oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I I agree with that as well because it's like they didn't feel like a threat. At a point, I, I I think they felt like a threat, but it felt, I'm I'm of the I'm of the opinion where, especially with somebody like Abra, who um what's her name, Kylie Curran, is is the the actress who plays her, um did a really really good job as as Abra, I I think with. I think they're de- I think they're a pretty interesting threat, but they aren't deemed as like a super super, scary threat. Because you have a character like Abra who feels like she's who's kind of written like she's the smartest one in the room. And she kind of is, to be honest. Even though like she's young and she does get caught at, at some point later on in the movie. But like that whole scene where Rose shows up to um, Abra's house to find out where she is and find out more about her felt like a perfect and really fun scene where... Abra just like is kind of like two steps ahead of everything just with her saying later on in the movie that she hid everything she hid like certain things certain details from Feroz so she wouldn't find out where she is and got like ultimately got the upper hand on her and figure it out like oh what's her deal. You know, I thought that was a fun scene, by the way. I really, really love that scene. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, like, w- w- with the, um, w- with, like, the library. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going, ba- going back into the
0: technical aspects here, the fucking cinematography in this is astounding. Crazy, crazy. Especially with that scene, dude. Loved it, it loved it. it, it. it that, was, that, that was the most, like, surprising thing of the whole movie, that sequence. Because it's a straight up, it, it feels Kubrick in nature, honestly. It feels like something Ari Aster would have done in a scene from some extended cut of Hereditary. But it's mm. so beautiful to look at. I really loved it. I
1: wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't. I, 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 wouldn't I don't go that know. Far. It felt very
0: hereditary for me, at least with the with the with the color coding, with sure. the filter,
1: sure of, of the sky and everything. I like the color battle of the movie. Um, very I mean, blue. Yeah, I guess the, 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 it made the sense the with best Danny's parts. About, the best parts about this movie is are Mike Flanagan's direction and how he just like handles like scenes and how he really like how how he really doves into everything, you know. And the cinematography again is is a good indication of like how. How much uh, crafting care he had for this material. So, you know, again.
0: Direction is one of the best parts for me, but I think my favorite has to be the writing. And arguably, yeah, uh, like we we may have different opinions on Rose and some of the other characters, but I think with this one, it's a very dense script. And for it being three hours, you know, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't feel like three hours. It feels like a very brisk and even, it's brisk yet. You know, pretty deep and interesting insight into these characters, who for for most of them get a very fully realized, complete arc, and you're able to relate to them a lot more. I I, I think the script for me is the best part of the whole film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well. Especially with some of the supporting characters too, like uh, Cliff Curtis's character Billy. Yeah, I really liked him a lot. I liked. Uh... Actually, I didn't. I didn't even know he was in the movie when I saw it. I mean, yeah, I like like I say, I liked Crow, I liked Ewan McGregor, I liked,
1: uh, I liked uh, Abra. I I enjoyed. I there, there were definitely a lot of aspects of the movie I did enjoy. Um, I just feel like the the parts I didn't kind of took
0: took took over like my overall enjoyment from it. But I, let me let me ask you this, because I know the call the very obvious callbacks annoyed you. What did you think of Jack's scene? It. Uh, Okay, yeah.
1: Th- okay, th- that was the one thing b- before we finish off. That I wanted to get into that. The one part of the third act that I really enjoyed. I love Ewan McGregor, and um, I-, I don't know who the actor is that plays Jack. Dude, it's it's it's, it's the great. it's the
0: dad from Hill House, huh? It's the dad from Hill House. Did not
1: even realize he's fantastic? Amazing. Yeah, it's Amazing. um, it's Henry Thomas,
0: uh, uh, Elliot from E.T. Dude, dude. <laughs>
1: All right, it's yeah. okay. Like genuinely, that scene where it's just them having a conversation—the most unsettling, like the most unsettling, truly Kubrick-esque scene of the it's film. It's so tragic too. Extremely tragic, and it's just like a long scene of like Danny just literally venting about like his life and just everything and about his father and like and and just uh, I, I I I could not. I, I, Genuinely, that that entire scene had me completely hooked. I I saw I saw exactly what I I saw Kubrick in in that scene definitely, and I, I feel like that that was one of the one of the few scenes to like get um the Kubrick, uh, the Kubrick a uh, feeling at, um esqueness, I guess
0: <laughs> the Kubrick esqueness uh <laughs> right you know for okay. me it felt like a perfect like combination of. Kubrick-esque yes but also like the f- emotion you get from watching a Mike Flanagan thing yeah you know because especially for in the context of this because this is like the the final confrontation of Danny's trauma yeah where he's literally face-to-face with his father and un, you know and and, and facing the bottle and you know making that final choice is he going to is he going to take his medicine is or is go he back? going yeah. to ignore it and be a man and I fucking, I love that fucking scene no, all a great in the me- same time another great thing another great distinction from uh, the director's cut to the theatrical cut I think I-, I could be wrong here but they don't mention anything about Wendy about where Wendy is in the present day in this version until this scene they don't confront Wendy's death uh, until the scene where Danny straight up tells uh, Jack mm-hmm. and tries to talk you know tries to attempt to talk to his father who is now Grady mm-hmm. not Grady uh, Lloyd The bartender, and where in the theatrical cut they mention it slightly in the at some point in the beginning of the film where um, I think where where Doc talks to uh, Ian McGregor for the last time, which is also a really good scene, and then they mention it again in the third in the third act of the theatrical cut. I I really really love that scene as well. That's another fun callback that I that I enjoyed. Another thing. And obviously, it makes sense if it's you know a sequel thirty years after the original, and you can't you you could get Jack Nicholson to come back as 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 this character or Shelley Duvall, but it makes no sense, and it you know it would be weirder to just like CGI the fake CGI face them yeah DH no. uh, de- mm-hmm. them in those roles. I like I like the choices they had for some of the care for the characters uh, from the original. They come back, yeah, um, yeah. Like the girl who plays Shelley, uh, the girl who plays Wendy, Danny's mom. I thought she was great. I think she played a pitch perfect like Shelley, uh Shelly Duvall with that, especially with the screams.
1: Oh, um, uh, um, okay. Now, I'm not sorry, the screams, this is really but, off like, topic. Like her yupping
0: I, her, uh, her yelping Danny, whenever she sees him in the street. I wait. Well, uh, it was per- <laughs> it was perfect, Shelly Duvall. I, I, I'm sorry, Danny! this is really off topic, but I didn't see this. <laughs> uh,
1: um, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters died. Oh fuck! Are, what? Yeah. Oh shit! He died uh, yesterday, at 49.
0: Oh um, damn, that's a shame.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I I didn't see this. Uh, wow, this completely slipped under my radar. This is insane. He uh, had he had, oh, brain, wow. he had a brain he had a brain uh, aneurysm.
0: Oh fuck, that's horrible. Terrible. That sucks, dude. Terrible. I'm so sorry for just Rest bringing this up out, out of nowhere, but like, it, no, it, it's fine. I, I it's perfectly fine. Yeah, you know? this it, is definitely it, you can address it now. It's per it's a it's a good time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Wow.
1: um, but. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go, yeah, going, sorry. Going back to Dr. Stein for
0: a second. Yeah, I I thought the I thought the chari- I thought the actors they chose to um replace, you know, the the people who were in The Shining were pretty good, you know. I'm glad they didn't use that much Jack. I thought I I could have been fine with, you know, some with like no recreations of scenes from The Shining like him like uh, tearing down the door and stuff like that. I think Carl Lumbly though as Dick Halloran is perfect. I thought yeah. he was really really good as Dick Halloran. Especially when, you know, obviously with the scenes with, you know, where he's talking to Danny because he's a ghost. Um, that's also something that they incorporated from the original book and also managed to, managed to make it uh, make sense with this Kubrick world that they're in. Because Dick Halloran survives the book, in the book. Mm-hmm. So, he sur- obviously, he survives in the Doctor Sleep book. So, you know, Dick Halloran is a ghost. Oh, Dick Halloran died in The Shining uh, film, but you know they're able to incorporate his character back as a ghost and that makes a lot more sense and you know makes sense and it makes more sense once you realize like when you know Danny dies and he he becomes the Dick Halloran to um his Danny which is Aberstone <laughs> I I love that I love that final line by the way where that he has shine on Aberstone I you know uh, like don't don't I I like it uh, I like it for the for the I like it for the reason Oh, my God. It just that Flanagan like... sets up in his script where it's like you don't have to hide who you really are. Dude, you, know? it just, it, you don't dude, have it to hide your power like... from the world. If you have it, oh my God, let it, it shine. It... You know, I get it. It's a little cheesy, but I liked it. I personally, li- I, I, I personally really like that. I'm glad you and did. And I like I'm the man. impact of that line. <laughs> it's fine. I I'm get glad you did, man. Yeah, <laughs> like genuinely. <laughs> uh. Also, a quick thing. Um, I like the recontext uh, recontextualization of the of the song of the song at, at the end of both movies oh yeah 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 really into it that's another that's another little slight difference they put uh, in the theatrical cut that song is in the scene where um is in the scene where Rose is walking down the the hallway and she sees the Grady twins it that song plays there the first time and then at the end whereas the director's cut does a better job of placing the song. It plays the first time in that little um, scene back into the Overlook, where it shows Danny metaphorically kind of closing away the negative image of his dad in the form of the um, of the alcoholic drink, mm-hmm. while that song is playing, and then at the very end as well. Yeah, I I really liked it. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it too, and you know I'm glad we were able to talk about you know Finally. some of the pros and cons Finally. about this yeah i'm i'm finally happy i got you to watch this (laughs)
1: um i uh yeah i'm glad i watched it too to be honest it was a long time coming but finally
0: (laughs) probably my favorite mike flanagan film to be honest you know probably and i I think i'm confident in this i I think it's my favorite i i love hush as well i i actually i tied this with gerald's game because i really 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 love gerald's game yeah and haunting of Hill House is a show, but I could I I could see the argument <laughs> for it being a movie. But whatever, it's definitely a show. <laughs> I, I also think I also think it's one of my favorite. It's it's my favorite Beck- Beckham Ferguson performance, to be honest, because she's great in the Mi- Mission Impossible movies. But I think this was something really interesting for her to chew on. And my favorite Ian McGregor performance. I I would and not yes, go that far. I, but look, I definitely I, see I, it. I I I'm I think I'm and I'm saying this with my Star Wars bias, obviously. But I mean, like, not even just Star yes, Wars. Like you McGregor, like, Train Spotting. You know. No, he, Train like, Spotting. Yes, I I know. And, and Mulan <laughs> Rouge is actually really good. Fargo. I do love him a lot in Fargo, but I think I don't know the way he inhabits Danny Torrance. It really hit me in an emotional way, and I really him. Also, the actor the that
1: played uh, Danny Torrance. I I saw. I found. I saw his cameo.
0: Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he had that very obvious line of like, "That kid's got something special." Yeah. Before Jacob Tremblay. Tragically dies. Yeah, get, in like, a tragically horrible gets mutilated death. More. Yeah, that's that. That's what I meant when I said like this movie isn't so much a horror movie; it's more of like a disturbing film at times, mm-hmm. of a disturbing thriller. Because that's really the more, the most horrific scene that you get. Aside from that, and some of the other you know, murders that the yeah. the, the tied knot has, especially with that poor little girl from Hill House at the beginning. Fuck that sucks. I felt that for her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your what's your double feature pick? Um <laughs>
1: uh so I was like uh, so I'll never talk about this movie again. <laughs> what? what uh, Dr. You. Sleep, <laughs>
0: I'll never mention this movie to you again. It's fine. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I waited but, 2 years for this. Yeah. I, I waited more than a year for this. I I'm satisfied now. Um this
1: is a I this is something I've been I I, I kind of like I, I want to revisit again. I did watch these for the first time a few months ago, and I did talk about them in in uh, in a great length. But uh, you've never seen them, and I feel like you, I, I genuinely feel like you're gonna just absolutely adore it. We are gonna watch. We're doing something a little different, a little bending the rules again, but it's fine. Uh, we are gonna watch the Before Trilogy. Holy fuck! I knew it. Yeah, with uh oh. <laughs> yeah, the Before Trilogy. Honestly, probably one of the greatest trilogies ever in cinema.
0: Um, director Richard yeah. uh romance trilogy with Ethan Hawke and what's the girl uh, in that Julia uh, Julia Delpy. Oh, Julie! Really? Um, uh, It's Julie Delpy? Yes, I believe so.
1: Or am I being stupid? Uh, yeah, Julie Delpy.
0: Oh my god, I fucking love Julie Delpy. You
1: didn't know who her for real?
0: No, I, 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 I. For, uh, the thing is, I've never seen these movies, so like, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't care to know at the moment. But holy fuck! I didn't know the. Oh wait, I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay, no, this is still pretty cool though. I'm thinking of uh oh my God, what's the girl from um uh what what I hate about you or Ten Ways to um, oh that movie that romantic movie with Heath Ledger? Yeah, um Ten uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Um
1: her ten name Ten Things I Hate About Her you.
0: name. Yes, I know it. Uh, uh Julie Styles. She was in Hustlers. Ju- too. Julia Styles. Julia Styles, that's it. She's in the Born movies. That's it. That's well, what I remember. I, I mixed her up with Julie Delpy. Never mind. Okay. Ah, oh, cool. All right. I'm I've been you, wanting man, to see this for a while. I'm telling you, man. All these blonde women look the same. I, God damn it. <laughs> it all comes back for I, a circle. Full circle. It all goes. It all goes back. It's all coming back to you.
1: Um, but yeah, the Before trilogy. Um, these movies are very important to me. I love them a lot.
0: Um, How am I going to see this though? <laughs> uh, Criterion
1: <laughs> Collection. Criterion Channel. Ah, oh,
0: fuck. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, I have my I have my subscription. I, Criter- I was gonna go back to it, eventually. I kind of want to buy it. Yeah. I
1: kind of want to buy the Criterion Collection, the three of them.
0: Well, the the fifty percent off sale is uh, ongoing right now.
1: Just might, just might. But yeah. Yeah. The
0: Before Trilogy gonna get a uh, real artsy and sad. Perfect. I'm actually I'm really excited about this because I love yeah. I, I love a lot of the yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what this makes me... Oh man, this makes me want to revisit um, Everybody Wants Them again. I saw it a few months so ago much. again. Love it. Still still amazing. Still holds up. Still amazing. Oh, yeah, love it, love it. That's good. Tyler Oakley, I'm excited for this. Tyler Oakland's great be in that good. movie. Remember? If you want to yeah. join in on our discussion of the Before Trilogy or if you got some hot takes of Dr. Sleep, Hamilton, anything, life, you know, life sucks right now. You could give us your hot take on that. You could email us on AmericanNerdsPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's American Nerd at gmail.com. Yes sir. And uh yeah, 50 epi- 50 in canon episodes. We finally did it. In canon episodes that we talked about Hamilton, Thank- Dr. Sleep, who, kn- who 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 knew would be here. <laughs> yeah, I know. We made it. Where we could, finally did where it. Where can we find you, buddy? Uh well, actually, quick thing. Okay. Thanks <laughs> you people who listen to this. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It, obviously I was going to get into I'm going to get into it
1: during the end, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: no. Let's just get it let's get it over with uh, right now. But um, not get it over. I mean, in a positive way. But yeah, this is really this. Uh, initially, this was conceived as just our little fun little hobby between the two of us just to talk about stuff, even though we kind of do that over the phone anyway. But hey, figured we'd make, try to make some money out of it. We haven't. But um, mm-hmm. this has been a fun little hobby that we've been doing. And I'm really happy for the people who you know support, support us. us. Give, a, give us feedback give us feedback listen to the shows our, our actually fans, keep up you know it, it's it's great to know that we have fans and we really appreciate you know the fans few and far between was they're there
1: the show. and I'm yeah. happy with it and I'm happy with we it. We really appreciate it's you not, that, uh, you all it's not a big fan base <laughs> but it's our fan base that's what matters it's our fan
0: base and nobody can
1: take that <laughs> nobody away can take, no, nobody can take nobody can take that away uh, yeah. have, uh thank you guys we have our, um yeah ideas for for the future obviously coronavirus is making things a little more difficult for us but uh definitely definitely we have a uh, we have bigger, di- bigger ideas, more, uh, more movies to talk about, more movies to watch, um, yeah. more games to play, and uh, yeah, uh,
0: American Nerds, uh, Where can we find you? buddy? Uh, everything just keeps on trucking. You could find me at Summer Real Cruise on Twitter. Where can we find you? You can find me at
1: O'Cava on Twitter, and you can find the show at American Nerds on Instagram. No space, just like that. Uh, and again, our summer us-
0: mu- uh, movie music mix is still going on. Yeah. Every day on our story. Yeah. Uh, what was today? I put Mahalan Drive. And I put uh, yeah, you put like six different things each day. It's great. No, no, no. That was that was just for the superhero thing. Oh, okay. Cause it's like okay, I do really, I really do love uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man, but I also love Sam Spider Man too. I also love Logan and Guardians Volume Two, and a bunch of other ones. So I was like, okay, I'll figure, I'll stop at some point, but I'll just you know shit these out <laughs> as I put it, <laughs> to put it you know uh, to put it bluntly. I can't wait till we talk but, about like
1: um something controversial. Like a mo- like a controversial movie or something, where we have a lot. I, to I had
0: to, I had to give my hot take about Civil War as part of the, as part of the thing, and yeah. Let's, make it a rule. let's
1: let's make it a rule. Let's not talk about the MCU movies for the recommendations. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, get the Black Widow when that comes out at some point. Well, we, we did review the entire MCU leading up to the Avengers, so <laughs> we did. We we did a big recap and reflection about those movies, and you know, there's some good ones. There's some ones that are pretty much the same. And that's kind of it for the MCU. <laughs> and that's how I feel. It's that's honestly, that, honestly, that's just how about uh, how I feel and that's about how the cookie Civil crumb War. Yeah. yeah. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You all take care. Peace. Be safe out there. Peace.